0: to the mount rushmore of wrestling podcast i'm david i'm um, paul and welcome to our inaugural op- episode um me and paul have been friends for a very long time
1: uh so long dude like, it, time it, has not existed it, now
0: <laughs> kinda it, it we uh me and paul are huge geeks fucking we we love podcast we love listening to other people talk shit we love talking shit um uh, not like you no, <laughs> not, no you. not me but we we have bonded over our love of movies and everything else geeky but one of the things that me and paul are super geeky about as well that not a lot of our friends are are wrestling uh, me and paul have fucking have a weird love with wrestling and uh, the stories that I, I i me and paul we had paul on a uh former wrestling podcast that i used to have that we don't that i don't do anymore and uh paul told the story that fucking blew my <laughs> god, mind like literally it's... literally fucking made me lose my shit where i was just like oh my god this is the best story ever on the on the face of the planet
1: and i'm about so, to tell that story aren't i well, you, you don't have to today. No, I but, will. I will because because I'm sure we get a new fan base because we're gonna drop this yeah. the day after the rumble. But um, you know, you said you're f- like a lot of our friends are weird for not liking wrestling. Like like no, well, no, I think you but, said we're the weird ones for liking wrestling. I I think they're weird. For I not liking wrestling, dude.
0: <laughs> it, it, to me, wrestling like some wrestling was something I grew up with, and that uh, it was so much fun to watch for a while. But it's kind of like comic books at a certain age, too. Like you get to a point where you're supposed to be too old for that shit and you're supposed to be more mature for that shit. And you kind of know what the inside skinny is. So you kind of leave it on the way on the like curb and and let it go while you're trying to act more mature than you actually are. Meanwhile, you still kind of have like your, your peripheral visions like kind of keeping track of the shit that's going on so you're never quite out of it but it's never something that you just talk about like openly no. with with your buddies and shit so uh, until you get to a point where you just don't give a fuck what they think or you realize that everyone's kind of a little bit of a closet freak on what they watch and what what they do so to me it was always like wrestling was kind of the the dirty stepchild that you weren't supposed to like, but was always a guilty pleasure. And like when, like, so when I was a kid, it was, you know, the golden era of, of sports entertainment. It was Hogan and the WWF and fucking macho man, Steamboat, the British Bulldogs. Like, it was like, that was my, that's what got me into like being a fan that, or that was my era of being a fan. And then I just kind of like let it go for a little bit where it wasn't necessarily as cool to watch. And it was like the attitude era when, uh, when the NWO kind of started popping off, that's when it like was cool to get back into wrestling. And like people were all, it was weird. It was a mass influx of people who watched wrestling. And, To me, like, I never quite left it. I always kind of, like, kept it on the back burner, like, where I would know what's going on. i know who the current stars are and everything else. But I wouldn't, like, watch it regularly ever for a while either. Like, it got to the point where, especially seeing this, how WWE was probably the only game in town for a long time. And to be honest, the stories weren't great. Like. It, it, Vince McMahon's creative just kind of sucked my butt. So well, it's still kind
1: of. <laughs> it, it, it really
0: does. Like it, he, that dude has not, should not be writing or should not have been writing for a very long time. But what got me into it, back into it now was AEW, where it was something different. It was a bunch of dudes. Like I, I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan. So whenever I have a chance to watch something that that dude does, I'll watch it. And so I heard he's going to AEW. I heard that they were going to be on uh, TNT and all this shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot because I believe what Chris does. And, like, that dude's just super fun to watch. And I don't think he's going to do something that won't at least have a shot at giving us something different than what WWE has and I was not disappointed. I really love the AEW brand. I love I love like the stories that they tell, the the wrestlers that they develop. And they they flub a lot of the stories a lot. Like they there's stories where you're just like, "Dude, what would you do with that?" and why, you know, whatever. But I think that they're a little more self-aware where they're not. They weren't afraid to bring up WWE or other promotions, or yeah. they, it like it kind of kept a realism to it that had been missing. Whereas like when in the NWO and Attitude era, it was probably more realistic, but it was still kayfabe a lot. Like even when the curtain call happened,
1: can you was... explain kayfabe really quick? For... Okay.
0: for those who don't know, kayfabe is making people buy into your product that you're like, you don't, you don't let people know that you're a a good guy in real life. If you're a villain or a heel.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So you, you kind of play, you play along to the audience to make them think that all this stuff is going on.
1: You don't let them peek behind the curtain.
0: Yeah. So what AEW does is not, they, they still keep up kayfabe, But at the same time, acknowledge the rest of the wrestling world as a real part of the industry and don't shy away from shit. And that I really found intriguing where it's like, okay, let's bring this sense of realism that we know we're a wrestling company, so we're going to put on a wrestling show. But we can't ignore that. There's New Japan, that there's WWE, that there's Ring of Honor and all this other shit. And all these people have come to us from these other places and if we shine a light on all these other places, wrestling's gonna be more popular. And to me, that was something that wrestling was missing. And AEW kind of pulled me back in to want to know more about this. To like cause I didn't know anything about the Young Bucks. I didn't know Kenny Omega. I'd heard name like of like I know at one point Chris left WWE just so he could go to New Japan to fight Kenny Omega. So I knew he was a big deal, but I had never seen a match. I'd never seen the young Bucks. Like I, I didn't know any of that. And so when I'm watching this, I'm like, holy shit, there's this whole other world of these really talented fucking people who do this really amazing shit that I've never seen because WWE is so structured. And it was just so nice to be brought in to kind of a world that, let you peek behind the curtain but still maintain kayfabe at the same time like that to me was just a brilliant way to do things so to me i wrestling has been a lifelong journey that i've been in and out of but always always in my heart and um paul how did you get into it how did what were you ever out and what brought you back in if you were
1: Oh, yeah. Um, So, man, my first experience to pro wrestling is like I I, I grew up in like I grew up. I never left Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but all of my family is from Minnesota. And this one summer in ninety one. No, it was ninety two because it was WCW Saturday night um yeah I remember those yeah um uh my grandparents had a motor home you know they like a Winnebago and we borrowed it one like a couple weeks to go to Niagara Falls and then we dropped it back off in Minnesota and then I stayed with my grandma and grandpa and my, like, my cousins were right around there. I stayed there for a whole month. And it was awesome. And um, I stayed with my grandma and grandpa. I played with my cousins. But, like, dude, I had I, – I called her nanny. She was my great-grandmother. And at the time, I think she was – god, she was 101 when she died in 2001. So in 91 – What does that make her 90? Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, in 90, dude, I, like, my grandma, I don't know if she was sick of me, but she's (laughs) like, you're going to spend the day with your nanny. I'm like, fuck this. Dude, David, my nanny, first time I ever got in a taxi cab, boom, with her. We went thrifting. We went to the fucking racetrack, the horse racetrack. She (laughs) taught me how to bet. Dude, like she's fucking smoking cigarettes. She's swearing at horses. And like, and like, I'm such a piece of shit, right? Like as a kid, I'm like, I don't want to be with you. But then I'm like, Oh my God, this is the coolest thing of all time. She's making like, 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 like at the time, I remember like her telling the ticket taker, she's like, I bet you're jealous of that horse. I'm like, why would he be jealous of a horse? I'm like, Oh, you're making fun of his dick size. Like you are a rebel. She had like, I remember, like, she had this brown juice in a bottle that was in a paper bag. And she was sipping it at the racetrack. And then, like, so, like, I don't want to leave. I beg her. I'm like, can I spend the night with you? She's like, yeah, you do have to sleep on the couch because I'm old. Fuck you. I'm sleeping on my bed. If you don't like it, sleep on the floor. I'm like, okay. And, like, I'm I'm going through channels, and she's like, it's 6 o'clock. She's like, go to TNT. Or, no, no, TBS. Yeah. She's like, go to TBS. I'm like, okay. She's like, I have to watch my stories. David, she said stories. (laughs) That's fantastic. Fucking seven-year-old Paul is introduced to Ric Flair. Oh, wow. And my grandma is just telling me how this guy, Ricky Steamboat has no business even tying his boots compared to a guy like Ric Flair. Wow. And she is giving me all of the inside scoop. Like, it's like, I mean, you know, Pete, like, I mean, she's from Minnesota, so she's like a Vikings fan. She knew more about the WCW roster than she did, you know, like the Minnesota Vikings, like, So I spent the night there, and I watched it a couple times, but we didn't have cable, and it was one of the best days, like seeing my great-grandma get drunk and yelling at people and fucking taking a taxi cab, and then I watched wrestling. And then I come back home, and I never really got back into it. And then I get into shit. My 98 would have been my eighth grade year, where all of a sudden we finally get cable. And I'm like, I'm going through and all of a sudden I just see this bald headed dude flipping off his boss (laughs) and fucking like just beating the shit out of him. I see these guys coming out and like telling people to suck their dicks. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? And then I turn the channel and I see these women that may be the hottest women on the world coming out like they're cheerleaders for a wrestling show. And I'm like, the fuck is happening? Where have I been my entire life? <laughs> like, this is the coolest thing. So like, the attitude, like, not even the attitude era. The Monday Night Wars got me back into mm-hmm. wrestling, where I was just like, I had to tune in. Like, like at one point, I would record Raw, and I would watch all of Nitro through. Mm -hmm. and then it flipped right like i have to see what's going on fucking raw yeah like nitro can wait
0: well that's that was the other thing nitro like aired right after it got done airing for live so not only would you like finish nitro but you could watch nitro all over again so even if you like what you could really do is sit there and watch raw and then flip over the TNT and watch Nitro. But like it was really weird for a long time because people would do that. They would watch Nitro because Nitro was live. Yeah. And they'd fucking record Raw. It was so strange. But
1: yeah. And Nitro it, at first Nitro was crazy because they would tell you what happened oh on RAW. Yeah. I'm like, oh well, I guess I don't need to do this. Yeah. Like, I'll stay here. But then, like, you know, Nitro got stupid and. Oh, they, it got bad quick. But, like, you know, like, the WWE, like, oh, my God, dude, we had, like, fucking Sable. Like, like she wasn't mm-hmm. the regular, like, she was like like, God rest her soul, Miss Eliz- like, Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. But, like, she was all, like, not only did she have, like, the looks, but, like, she was like, fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. Like. I'll like, I'll fucking like, I remember when she powerbombed fucking Mark Merrill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it was just crazy. And then, so David, that led me into my yarder days. And if, if people aren't familiar with that term, I decided to become a backyard wrestler. And so not only did I have a love for pro wrestling from kindergarten to my senior year of high school I was an actual amateur wrestler like in the school sense so I fell in love with like the technical aspect of wrestling like you know like you get drilled all these moves Mm -hmm. and you get amazing wrestlers like I remember being so pumped because you know like I kind of had a chip on my shoulder watching wrestling like, oh, this is bullshit. This is fake. This is not actual wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then do you know who comes walking into the scene? Who? Kurt Angle. Good call. Yeah. Kurt Angle. And he takes all these moves that I remember having to do for two hours every night where I had like ended up throwing up. And he makes them look legitimate. Like, Like, dude, he's doing, like, just a wrist lock. He's doing, like, a headlock throw. Like, but I became obsessed with the, like... This is going to sound so weird. Like, the art of a wrestling match. And it's so funny how you talk about, like, the inside of a... Like, you know, like, kind of revealing the insides. To me, what I love most about wrestling is the art of a wrestling match. Oh, yeah. Like, holy shit. You can tell... A story that a lot of like blockbuster movies can't do. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna kind of jump the gun like Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns last night. Yeah. Could be one of the best stories in a wrestling match without saying anything.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. The the, the payoff to the, the to the match, it, like the matches are really the art of the story. Like, you can sit there and build a story all you want. But if that fight doesn't come together in a way that's meaningful and lends credence to what you've been
1: building the whole time,
0: then that story falls apart so easily.
1: Oh, my God. Dude, it's so, it's so, like, so, so I, like, I have that Cynodudes podcast with Jess. Yep. Candelori and last week i had to do an nfc divisional game watch along so i'm like fuck you you're watching the royal rumble with me live and we're gonna record it <laughs> and she's nice. never watched a pay-per-view in her life and i'm trying to, like the best way i can explain it you can have someone that looks awesome right like uh like a, who's that big fucking dude almost or oh, almost yeah, yeah. yeah. like he looks great but oh, dude Omas. Omas, does he not take you out of it, right? Like he is oh, so yeah. he is so clunky. It's like he's trying to remember everything. And I know it's a taboo subject, but like you get like an angle, a Jericho, a fucking Benoit. Oh my god, dude, that dude,
0: that okay. You take away how that dude's life ended and what he did. That dude,
1: is, he was a poet.
0: That dude is easily the best wrestler. Technically, story-wise, everything. He would have gone down as one of... He would have been easily Mount Rushmore material if he didn't end yeah, I can't the way he ended. Uh, exactly. That's the thing. Because that dude was so beyond stupid talented. But the fucking circumstances surrounding the end of his life is just so gross and so disgusting that... It's it's hard to I, I saw it best when uh, Paul Heyman was doing a, a, a speaking engagement of some sort. I don't I don't know what the fuck it was. It oh, was literally just pro wrestling. Movie, yeah, absolutely. Mind. And somebody wow. in the crowd was kind of trying to egg him on to talk about Benoit. He's like Benoit's is the best. Benoit is the greatest. And Heyman goes, shut the fuck up. I will tell you that. If you can, it, it, he basically said, if you take everything out of how his life ended, he is without a doubt technically the best wrestler we will ever see in our generation. But what that dude did at the end of his life, whether it was CTE or not, the way his life ended and what he did takes him out of the conversation for being the best at anything. Because it was yeah. so gross how his life ended. He goes, I tech. You will never ever hear me say a bad thing about his abilities ever. But as a human being, that dude was fucking scum, and I I couldn't agree more. Because Benoit was my favorite. Like it, it, when he died, when when that aired, the the day. That they announced that he died and they did the tribute. I was crushed like
1: never before, like I insane. was brutal. I and, cried and, that entire tribute episode. Yeah, a mess. Like it, like Eddie
0: hit me and Benoit hit me. Those two wrecked me. But when like once they started like sp- like letting shit go as to how it all ended, I like you immediately have to like remove that and be like, Oh, that dude was fucked and gross and fuck him and everything else. But, and, and that's like, the thing. That, that's the thing. Like it, it's so hard when it something tragic like that happens because you, you sit there and be like, that dude had could have had everything. He had a fucking gorgeous hot wife. His children fucking adored him. Fucking, he he had the world at his fingertips as far as being considered the best. Like, there wasn't anybody who would never work with him. That dude was just super talented. But those demons of his just fucking destroyed him. And that's one of the sad things about wrestling is the demons always tend to come back and fucking shoot, bite you in the ass a little bit. Uh, But, I'm sorry. We We go off on...
1: No, no, to, no, no, no. Uh,
0: to, to those listening, oh, we will go on fucking deep yep. dive rabbit holes where we will fucking lose everything that we were talking about because we get off on subjects. But
1: uh, I'm going to do some AEW shit right now behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I consider Dave a dear friend, a, a, a dear friend. If Dave is like, hey, dude, like you need to come to Carolina right now. Shit like I'll I'll be in my car. You know, but, like, Dave and I haven't actually talked in, like, on this in probably more than a year. Yeah. And it's, like, riding a bike. So, like, if you guys are a little annoyed that, like, I'm just fucking having a fun time talking to my buddy. Well, and and that's the thing. That's that's
0: why I wanted to do this podcast because I, I don't, like, I don't have a lot of people who watch wrestling but who enjoy talking about it and can, like, wax on poetically for a little while about shit and and go off on rabbit holes because it's shit like that. Like, if you haven't seen Chris Benoit, he is one of those wrestlers that you should go back and watch because he is technically incredibly sound. If you want to be a professional wrestler, that dude is the dude that you should look at to be like, this is how you put together a match. This is what you do.
1: Yeah. And if, I mean, like if you want to watch probably to me, you you might disagree to me. His, one of his best matches is the Royal rumble, 2003 world championship match Mm -hmm. against Kurt angle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was like, like it stole the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, uh, yeah. That was the night that
0: Eddie won, too, wasn't it? No, uh, that was Mania. They both won at Mania, didn't they? They
1: both won at Mania, yeah. And then I, I went know. to Mania 22 where uh, Ray won for Eddie. Yeah, that's right. But, um, yeah, man, like like super quick because I, cause I know I I, I got to tell a story. I know I got to. I know I got okay. to. And, and, this- and there's some parts that, David, you don't even know, and your mind is about to be blown. Oh, I can't wait. All right, bring it on. You you're about to find out who my uh who my uh road traveling buddy was. And it's going to blow your mind. There okay. was actually two of them. There's a All I will say quick spoiler alert, Vince McMahon has seen me on video. That's all I'll say. Nice. I'll, I'll get to it in a second, but like like, you know, like the Attitude Era drew me in, the Jerry Springer realistic stuff. Like, dude, man, fucking Stone Cold is breaking into Brian Pillman's house with a gun? What right. the fuck? Like, how can you not? But then I came for that, but then I stayed for the art of wrestling. And, I mean, how much better of a story can you get than last night? Like, you got Roman Reigns, and entitled fuck, mm-hmm. who thinks the world owes him everything who's really good and he knows it. And you got Kevin Owens, a guy that looks like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like he's not the Vince McMahon prototype of wrestling. He's not the Hulk Hogan, he's not the chisel guy like he looks like a dude you don't want to like Like, and Kevin, like, Jess said this. She's like, holy shit. Like, dude, David, I love this so much. Jess was coming around last night. Nice. She was coming around because the back of his shirt said, just keep fighting or something like that. Yep. And she's like, this guy won't stop. She's like, his shirt is true. I'm like, that's Kevin Owens. Like, he is not going to stop. Even if he knows he's going to lose, he's not going to stop. And what a beautiful story. I mean everything that happened afterwards was 100 times better but that match alone of just Kevin Owens not stopping like they didn't do any like 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 can you name one cool high spot? No. You can't. Uh, I mean actually, maybe like his
0: head his going up the stairs. Dude, that yeah, that fucking spot was brutal. We'll get to it but yeah, that was I I would say that's a high spot only because That was not a fucking easy bump there. There is no fucking way that that did
1: not hurt every bit of his body. No, but they kept it simple. Like Mm -hmm. like they, they kept it simple. Like you knew Kevin Owens wasn't going to back down and you knew Roman Reigns was going to dominate like, and it worked. You knew the ending, you knew there was no chance in hell. Kevin Owens wasn't going to stop. You knew he wasn't going to win. But you also knew he wasn't going to go down without a fight. And that's what drew me in because then, like, you know, go back to Chris Benoit, we get that amazing Raw where, like, the radicals are sitting ringside. Mm, And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And the quality of matches from there on out fucking, fucking just exploded. Like, I was there. August 9th, my birthday, nineteen ninety nine. I was there when the rock in Milwaukee the Rock in Milwaukee was cutting a promo and like what David for months we were getting this thing that would just cut in before a commercial of like the countdown to the like the countdown oh, yes. to the millennium. Yes. Oh, it was fucking fantastic too, because no one knew what it was. No one knew what it was. I'm in Milwaukee. The Rock is the Rock is in the middle of a promo. All of a sudden, the countdown to the Millennium pops up on the uh, on Titan Tron, which is the big screen in the wrestling arena. It was a Bradley Center, and it's like, yeah, five seconds. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, who is this? And it gets to zero, and you're like, what the fuck? You know, and you hear, break the walls down. And the Jumbotron just says Jericho. And you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like this guy is here and he cuts an amazing promo. Get to say I was there the night Jericho debuted in WWE. That's impressive. But uh like I just became obsessed with the way Jericho told a story in a ring, Benoit, you know, uh, Ed, like Eddie Guerrero. Fuck Perry Saturn. He's <laughs> Yeah, no, Perry Sat Perry Saturn was
0: a good worker. Like, that's basically yeah. what he was there for. He was mid-card at best ever. But, like, he was solid technically. You, you could have a good match with him. He was just... But he was never going to be the guy. Like, Eddie should have always been the guy. Benoit should have been the guy. Like, uh, even Malenko. Malenko was kind of mid because he had no fucking personality. That dude was fucking... But he told a story in the he, ring. Yeah. That dude could tell a story in a ring and fucking fight his ass off. Which is why he's super technic like you need those guys to be able to tell stories. But like that that era of wrestling was just stacked full of
1: mm-hmm. great
0: storytelling
1: characters. And then you had the Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys ladder match at No Mercy. Get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here! Like, you take it to a whole nother like a whole other level. So like, I'm in high school. I'm like, this is fun. I got a core group of friends where we decide we're gonna be yarders. We're gonna be backyard wrestlers. We come up with our own names, all that bullshit. Where like, I went to the hospital like seven times during this phase. Like <laughs> stitches, concussions. You know, because, like, we're setting up plywood. I worked at a restaurant, so I would take the empty kegs to my friend's house on a Friday night, and we would put plywood that we bought from Home Depot on these kegs to go through. And we're dumb idiots. Like, this guy's powerbombing me off a picnic table. He missed, and my head is smashing into a keg. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm split open. Like... Like, dude, I got, like, 47 stitches one Friday night. God um, damn. Yeah, but then, like, you know, so, like, I'm kind of, like, you know, like, senior year is coming. I'm at a restaurant. I think I'm going to be, you know, like, I think the, the Irish kid in me is like, oh, I'm going to rise the ranks in this Greek restaurant and be a fucking owner. No. <laughs> no. So I take a year off of college. And I decide there is <laughs> there is an indie promotion in Milwaukee called Brew City Wrestling. And it's run by this one guy. So my buddy's like, hey, dude, like if we spend this much money, we can train for six weeks. Blah, blah, blah. So I get in there. We train. And David, at the time, I'm, God, in high school, least my senior year of high school on the wrestling team, I wrestled at 112 pounds damn dude yeah you was tiny i was tiny i'm not tiny anymore no, i mean height wise i am height wise i am but but, <laughs> but, but like width wise i'm pretty big <laughs> um so like i'm doing the training. i'm having a fun time and you know like i'm the newer guy so i have to come in and build the ring and all that shit and then they're like hey man like let's toss you in a couple battle royals like We'll teach you how to, you know, someone's going to clothesline you. We'll teach you how to go to the top rope. Do training to be. And I was telling Jess this. She's like, this is all fake. I'm like, okay. I love you so much, Jess. You're very attractive. I'm not going to fight with you. But can we call it scripted? And I had to explain this whole thing like, yes, on a wrestling show, the booker, the guy that runs the promotion, that comes up with the card. The card is the matches of the night. He runs the storylines. He'll take you into a room, which is funny because all of my pro wrestling matches happened at a bowling alley. So they took us into like the fucking kitchen to tell us this shit. The booker says, This is how I want it to end. You guys figure out the rest. You know. Oh, Jesus. So that part, like, yes, it is scripted. You know what's going to happen. There is someone who is determined the winner. But all this stuff that happens inside of the ring, that's not fake. Like, when you're putting a wrestling ring together, you you, you sit there, it like like it's kind of like an erector set. You take pure steel and you set up the base. And then you lay a shit ton of like hardwood wood beams across it. Then you lay like the surgical fucking like shit you lay out on a bed. You do that 5 times. And then you lay, like, a gym mat over it and then a canvas. So, like, yeah, there's some cushion, but you're hitting fucking beam planks. Yeah. Like, you're hitting wooden planks. All that shit fucking hurts. Like, dude, do you know, David, do you know what part hurt the most of training to be a pro wrestler? I would say probably building the ring. Running the ropes.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I heard that. I've heard that 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 fucking when you when you're first doing it, that that is that's where you are either going to make it or you're going to be done because that shit
1: is painful. as It is, dude, because like, 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 it's funny. You have to teach yourself how to run again, because like when you run, you're trying to do as many steps possible. Right. Right. If you do that in the ring, you are going to gas yourself out. So you have to teach yourself how to run where you're taking giant steps. Like So the next time you watch a wrestling match, watch how big their steps are. Like, like I think Kevin Owens last night, um, when he was tossed into the ropes, I think he did two full steps each time. Yeah. Me, generally, I was doing like 20. So you have to learn how to take giant strides. And then you hit that rope. Those ropes have a little bit of spring, but not a lot. You hit that rope, you feel like someone is punching you in the armpit. Oof. You hit that thing, and it does spring you off. Man, we had to do that at the beginning of every training. We had to run the ring 40 times on each side. So what is that, Um, 160 times? Damn. Dude, my armpit was bleeding. And my entire side was black and blue. Like, there's not a lot of give. Right. Like, you hit that, like, because you're going full force against it. You're just, you know, and then, of course, you get the initiation where they bring the entire roster out. Someone comes. They put you in the corner post, and they, they take your arms. Like, they're standing outside like they're a tag team guy, right? Yeah. And they take your arms. You're in the ring. They take your arms, and they... They, they they take your wrist from behind so you can't move your arms. And the entire roster comes and they chop you. Fuck that. You can't fake a chop. <laughs> wow. You can't oh. fake a chop. I broke three ribs. Oh, fuck, dude. My chest was bruised for four months. Again, yeah. I, I, like... So I'm doing all this, like, I, like I'm like i kind of a fun guy, like, I have jokes, so, like, the boys in the back are starting to love me, so, you know, they're like, whatever, so, like, I'm kind of paying my dues, I get to go in a match, whatever. My first match, again, David, I'm 112 pounds, I'm so excited, dude, my fucking, my girlfriend's there, this girl, like, I also really want to fuck from the, the place I work is there, um, <laughs> I come out, I'm excited, i have like a biker shorts, I have like a mask on. The crowd just booze the fuck out of me. <laughs> I get in the ring, I look, the crowd is chanting, you need steroids.
0: <laughs> you need steroids.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So I'm fucking defeated. And this like shysty promoter is like, well, I still want your money. You know, because I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I don't look realistic enough. Like, this is bullshit. Like, there has to be some type of reality to this. Right. Like, a guy that looks like me will never win. And I'm just sitting there making jokes, being self-deprecating. He's like, you know what we need to do? We need to make you a manager. He's like, we need to get your mouth to do the work for you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I got this great idea. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I got these two, I'm not trying to be insensitive. He's like, I got these two giant fucking behemoth black men that just, they, they just looked like they could beat the fuck out of you, go and have their way with your wife and you can't say anything about it. I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, but they talk for shit. He's like, you put them on the microphone, they stumble. He's like, my pitch is you're going to be like Eminem from 8 Mile. You think you're black. You manage (laughs) these guys. You're going to fucking... He's like, I want you to make the crowd hate you and the fucking tag team. I'm like, okay. (laughs) go. This sounds scary. He's like, don't worry. Like, all the boys will have your back. You know, like, we'll make sure you get to your car. I'm like, wait a minute. This is an actual thing? Like, he's like, oh, yeah, these fans are going to want to fucking hit you. He's like, we're in Milwaukee. He's like, we have racist people that come to these shows. Like, they're going to hate that a white guy is managing a black team. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Sign me up. (laughs) and he's like he's like i need you to be full blown he's like the the you that comes out afterwards when we go to the bowling like like the bowling alley had a bar he's like after every show he's like you're telling these really funny jokes he's like i need you to amp that up like okay he's like i need you to think of a name he's like you need to be like that piece of shit white guy that thinks he's black and like I, David, you know the payoff of this story, like yes, you do. absolutely. So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking on a weekend. I'm like, God damn, dude, a white guy that wants to be black. I'm like, okay, that's a cracker, like a a cracker thing, like a, like a true cracker pretends he's you know African American black. Yeah. The best cracker I know is Ritz. And again, I'm just like, hey man, dude, like. Again, where I was, I'm like every 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 African American person I know drives a Cadillac. I'm like, dude, I come to Frankie, I'm like I got the perfect name. He's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I'm going to be Ritz Cadillac." And he's like, "What the fuck? I, I'm the fanciest of all the crackers." Like I got this shit on lock. So they order me a red and black pinstripe suit. I got this LED belt buckle that I can program to like have text that goes across it to say whatever the fuck. And I get the two nicest guys. It, it, it's funny. Like I'm the whitest guy pretending to be black, and I'm managing behind the scenes, like through the curtain. These guys are like just being as crazy as they can be, but like behind the scenes, these two guys are whiter than me. No. Nah. <laughs> They are the than me. And we get out of the curtain. We all three of us change into this like persona. Like, it's like, fuck you. You know, oh my God, David, dude. We had people, we had people that got arrested for bringing knives to this what bullying fuck, alley. Because they wanted to, they wanted to kill us. That's it, fucking ridiculous. Like their matches were good. But, dude, David, I would get out there, and I'd, like, have, like, this really weird accent. I'd have this laugh that would fuck them – that would just piss them the fuck off. Yeah. I'd be like, like, oh, y'all see them beating them in the ring, but y'all don't see them beating your wives in the bedroom. (laughs) Oh, fuck, dude. And people, like, were throwing shit. It was, like, Hogan saying he was part of the NWO. Like, I'm getting hit with, like, fucking actual, like – like glassware from the bar. So, but then like, it didn't work out because I was just like, fuck this, like life's happening. All right. And then like, I'm watching Oh, but, um, we travel a lot through the Midwest and I had two, I had two travel mates. Well, I, there were six of us that could fit in a van and, um, this guy, his name was Dylan, and uh, he was—I don't even know what the—I don't even know what the politically correct term is. He was—he was a little person. Yeah. And he would—his uh, big thing was he had this feud with this guy where it always ended with like a dog collar match, and this was a normal guy, and this dog collar match would just be this normal size person just being the fuck out of a little person and kids would cry in the audience. Dylan would actually go on to become Hornswoggle. No shit. Yeah. And so not only would I be a manager, but I would also referee a lot of matches, which was a lot of fun. Like refereeing is fun. I would take a lot of sick bumps, David. Like, like I got super kicked so many times. It was so cool. But The audition tape Dylan sent in was where I was refereeing his match. No shit. Um, But the guy that drove, the guy that drove, um, in real life his name was Ken Anderson. I don't know if that rings any bells right now.
0: Wait, are you fucking serious?
1: Ken Kennedy.
0: The the Ken Anderson.
1: Ken Anderson, Ken. Mr. Kennedy became one of my best friends in 2005. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Ken Anderson and I, we would go to, like, a bar after a show, and we would do this funny thing where he would find a really attractive girl, but he had to make sure she had a boyfriend. So he would go and hit on her, and then I would come and hit on her boyfriend as a gay man. (laughs) like and he's fucking dying you know because i'm like oh honey like i'll do anything you want i'll do the fucking reach around you want to reach around on me i'll reach around on you you reach around on me and the guy's like dude we got in so many fights at bars but uh ken anderson is a dear dear friend of mine um i haven't i mean i haven't talked to the guy in years but like at the time I mean, like, we're driving, like, 10 hours after every show. So, like, we're getting to know each other. So, like, Ken Anderson, or Mr. Kennedy and I became super close, and Horn Schwaggle and the Brew City Bruiser. I don't know. I think he might have been on AEW. He was our head trainer. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, but, like, so that that's kind of my thing. And then I really fell out of it, but I always read the dirt sheets, which is kind of, like, the inside scoop yeah. online but David do you know what has brought me in this past year
0: I'm gonna say the bloodline story Mr line.
1: Sammy Zayn yeah because yeah. it is a mix of like the best of wrestling and the best of like acting
0: oh yeah absolutely he there's something special about Z- Sammy he is not afraid to be completely ridiculous and goofy but yet brings an air of sincerity to everything he does. Like you can sit there and crack on him for having the jackass match, but for someone who's as talented as Sammy is, to be able to pull off that match is a testament to how good of an a storyteller he is because you can go so seriously wrong with a gimmick match like that. And he pulled it off. But then you go from that, a dude who's willing to just make an ass out of himself and be completely ridiculous. And then you go into the story, the bloodline storyline. And
1: that is absolute genius it's the stuff that could be like on an fx show yeah (laughs) you know what i mean
0: it really is like that dude is that dude is so remarkably talented so you know what fuck it we're gonna get into the rumble now um me and paul have watched the rumble i've seen almost all of it i actually haven't seen the very end of the men's rumble match but i saw everything else so
1: Hey, um, do you mind if I take a quick, like, three seconds? I have to grab something super quick. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so go sorry. Ahead. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Sorry about that. I need my phone. Uh, no worries. No worries at all. Um,
0: all right. So uh, the rumble was last night. Um, I was actually out at a movie when it was on, or we would have actually probably done a live stream doing – uh, a kind of play-by-play. Play. Um, that being said, I'm kind of glad we didn't. Um, it was not the strongest of Royal Rumbles up until the last two matches. Uh, so that being said, the I, I would say the men's Rumble was as predictable as you could possibly get. I, I think everyone knew going into it that Cody was gonna win. He you knew he was coming back. You know he's set up to go to WrestleMania. You know that like this is kind of the way he was had it positioned for himself to make this big comeback and everything. So him winning wasn't a big surprise. I think the thing that that has bothered me about this match is the lack of NXT players that came in especially compared to the women's runs. Yes. Um I I think like you didn't need to have Booker in there. You you could have not done ricochet. Although I will say the highlight of the night for fucking high spots was that ricochet Logan Paul fucking off the sides mid like come to like fucking splash in the middle. That was fucking amazing. But outside of that, like Ricochet really didn't need to be in there. There there were a lot of people you could have taken out and given a spotlight to instead, like the women's match did. That being said, like I, I like we talked a little bit before the rumble was going and you said who do you think's gonna win it? And I was like, there's no way Cody doesn't win it. The only logical way that Cody doesn't win it is if Sammy goes in, yeah, and wins it. But if Sammy goes in and doesn't win the Rumble, that fucking arena was gonna lose its fucking mind.
1: It's Batista it, winning the Rumble all over again exactly. instead of Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it literally that it, that entire arena would have turned on this whole episode uh, on this whole pay per view or premium live event. Um, it, if Sammy entered the rumble and didn't win, it it would have fucking been cast. And I got to say, before we go any further from the fucking entrance to the ring, could they have made the fucking walkway? How weird was it longer? It was like, like even when they did WrestleMania three in the silver dome and they had a fucking vehicle bring out the wrestlers because the fucking entrance ramp was so long. That's what it was like this time. Like, the the funniest entrance, I would say, was probably Nikki Cross's entrance. The dude, way she, she was
1: on coke.
0: Oh, my God, dude. She flew – she ran so fast down that aisle, like – it was out of control, but like the, the look on her face, she sold it perfectly, but you know, she was fucking gassed she out by gassed, the time she, she hit the dumb. ring. It was, it was easily a fucking hundred yard sprint. Well, and it's like,
1: and it's like Shotzi Blackheart has an actual tank that she can drive. Right. And oh, she yeah. stops right after the entrance and gets yeah. out and runs like what they like, use yeah. that shit. You
0: literally had ninety seconds in between, like it felt like they were calling them a lot faster than ninety seconds because it took people, fucking, a good forty-five seconds to get from the entrance to the ring. It was, so, it was so crazy. But that being said, the Men's Rumble, like you got Edge coming back, which was okay, great. You're you, uh, you're kind of progressing the story with, with uh, Judgment Day and everything else. But honestly, I've never been a Rumble fan because it's really hard to get to keep track of what's going on unless there's not a ton of participants in it. Once you get a bunch of massive bodies in that ring, it's just kind of a clusterfuck of bumbling around and hitting random people and looks kind of stupid for a good long bit of the match until shit starts clearing out and they can actually tell a story so to me the rumbles are never that great but this the men's rumble was just kind of fucking lackluster like I I saw you post you're just like meh that that men's rumble match was mid and it, Cody needed to win it but other than that like there was nothing that really like stood out to me other than the fact that Gunther laid into fucking Cody's pecs like he like
1: Dude, he I thought he was just injured fucking, again.
0: I know. Like, honestly, that dude just came back from fucking surgery to his uh, to a torn pec off off the fucking bone. That dude had to have his entire pec reattached to his body. And fucking Gunther ripped into it like it, it was nothing. Like, he just chopped after chopped. I'm like, I think he was trying to tear the pec off.
1: David. It, I, I, I do not mean to interrupt you. And I know it's a wrestling podcast, but I also, from listening all the time to Vintage Geeks, which you're a part of. Yes, um, I am. This is some breaking sad news because you guys just covered The Last of Us. And I think you said you watched Fringe. I didn't watch Fringe. I'm okay. Well. Okay. The actress that played Tess in The Last of Us, that was the lead character in Fringe, has passed away. <gasps> Holy shit! She was forty-five years old. The zombie
0: outbreak actually got her.
1: Yeah, dude. She's a f- dude. What happened? Did they say anything, or is it just that? It's just kind of like, hey, like Generic. she just passed away. Yeah. That's fucked. Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh, I, I did not mean to interrupt you. No, it's all right. Breaking news. Um, But
0: no, I I, honestly, to me, the fucking men's rumble was mid at best. It was like you knew Cody was going to win. It it would you really can't see anybody else in that rumble winning it to tell a story like you really can't. I I don't know who else I would have picked out of that entire crew that was in the rumble to to win it. So So you
1: put it like that. Yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah, to me it was like, again, it was a rumble. It was okay. Cody needed to win. They won, but it wasn't like one of the best rumble matches I've ever seen where I was like, Oh
1: my God, this is, this is great. I'm going to put you on the spot. Favorite men's rumble. Holy shit. Um, Mine is the 2001 where Stone Cold won it to go to WrestleMania 17 to face The Rock.
0: Yeah, I would have to give that some some super serious thought. I think that one sticks out in my mind the most because that's where you get three the, where where you got like. You were sucked into that Stone Cold storyline, so uh, to me, I think you're probably right. That one would stick out the most to me just because Stone Cold's the one that I always think of as far as being a Rumble winner that went on and actually did something amazing with it.
1: And maybe the best side story, Drew Carey was in that Royal Rumble. That's right. He was, wasn't he? He comes out, then Kane comes out, and Drew Carey eliminates himself and runs through the crowd. I would have, too. Fuck that. Kane is like fucked that out, was, dude. What a great fucking... Like, like no. what a great use of a celebrity. Like, yeah. like that was the kayfabe shit. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so, after the Men's Rumble, uh, you had... Was it... Was it the pitch black match or was it the women's title match? It was. Does it matter? No. It, yeah. It, no, it doesn't. But I think it was the, I think it was the pitch black match, which, I, I, it's so disappointing because fucking Bray Wyatt is so really an incredible wrestler, and an incredible storyteller on the mic, but his matches suck my ass they're not I, good. I I and I don't get it because like the build up to this was that Bray Wyatt was going to unleash a fucking flurry of hell on LA Night. yeah um what which should have been just fucking amazing like really should have been amazing and I don't know how you do a pitch black match To be honest, it was dumb, but doing it in all fucking neon like you're on a Disney ride. So shit pops different is not the way to fucking do it. It should have been a boiler room match like it should not have taken place in the ring. It should have not been fucking like glow in the dark fucking scary face paint, which I will say looked dope as fuck on Bray Wyatt. Great Dude, job. He became, looked like, the great.
1: Predator, though. Right. Like,
0: what the fuck? Yeah, and, like, it didn't make any sense because all anything was was, like, like fucking dark light bullshit. Like, uh, L.A. Knight's trunks were fucking, like, bright yellow. Like, it, like because, you know, you have a black light on everything and fucking the colors were popping. The, the fucking ring ropes look cool as fuck. But then they put this, like green confetti out everywhere so when you hit it made no sense
1: just called that the mountain dew splooge confetti
0: it really was it's it's fucking appropriate as shit too
1: because and david if you're anything like me during that match were you not looking for cum stains on both their trunks absolutely
0: Uh like honestly Uh like it, it just didn't make sense like It could have been a great match. It could have been a great physical match. And if you want to make fucking Bray an imposing force where shit doesn't really affect him and he's just going to keep moving forward, fine. Absolutely fine. But don't make LA Knight look like a fucking chump. And don't make that fucking match the way it was. Like, that match needed to be at least 20 minutes of just brutal bullshit. And it wasn't.
1: And it, get rid of the Mountain Dew logo in the middle of the
0: ring. I could give a fuck about the Mountain Dew logo. Like honestly, I, I could give a fuck. You don't need the green, like fucking black light confetti. You don't need the black light shit. Make it a dark match. Like turn down the lights in the fucking house. If, if you're gonna do that kind of shit, do it where it makes sense because it does didn't make sense for like the announce table to like come crashing apart and all that confetti come popping out like and then they're like mcafee and michael are like sitting there going oh my god what is that it's like it's fucking paper you idiots like it, them trying to sell it didn't help like their selling job was horrible during this it was, and like the big payoff to it all was after the match where you're just like, Okay, where's Uncle Howdy? What what like how's this gonna fucking continue? And then it's you get LA Knight kinda laying on like beat down, laying on this thing, and Uncle Howdy up in this fucking pops out of the structure and does a fucking macho man elbow off the structure onto him from about twenty feet, which is cool and fine and everything, totally missed the mark which was probably good cuz he would have killed LA Knight. <laughs> uh, like like but still like and then you pan back over and you see all like the funhouse freaks that are on top of that and then it goes to black and you're like all right what the fuck was that? Uh, that's the that's the problem with a Bray Wyatt match is that you don't the payoffs never as good as the build up cuz the build up's brilliant. Yeah, build-ups are always brilliant, but the payoffs just
1: blow. And the WWE Instagram, they replayed the Uncle... It's so funny, when you watch the replay, like, the replays they showed, you never actually see him land the elbow drop. But, like, the Instagram was like, Uncle Howdy just elbow-dropped LA Knight straight to hell. Yeah. No, he didn't. Like... David, it reminded me of WrestleMania 17 when Triple H and Undertaker went into the audience. Yes. And, yep. like, you know, Triple H, like, at first, like, oh, my God, he just got choked, so I'm onto the floor. And, I'm like, dude, that's, like, that's like a stunt pad. Right. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Yeah, it was, it was not a good match.
0: But it, to me, it was, it, it's such, if you're going to build it up so much, you need 20 minutes, 15 at least, of just fucking Bray, Bray being completely brutal. Like, lost his mind fucking. You let him go fucking crazy, and you let him beat the shit out of LA Knight. And if you're going to do it, like, honestly, I could have even gotten over the fucking blacklight aesthetics of the match if it had just been a good fucking match. And it just wasn't. But Bray not, Wyatt doesn't need a gimmick. No, he really doesn't. And that's the thing. Like I get what he's trying to do. He wants to tell a horror story. He wants to be the next taker. He wants a long running story, and he could. But he's got to be able to pull off these matches, uh, like th- And that's why got he got three moves. R- right. But like. He can be a brutal fighter. He could be a Kevin Owens like just he's going to fuck you up. He's going to punch you, he's going to hurt you, he's going to use everything in his power to hurt you. He doesn't have to be a crazy technical wrestler. But if you're going to lead up a story lead up a have a story that leads up to him being fucking insane and brutal, he needs to be insane and brutal. Not like L.A. Knight should not have been able to walk after that fucking match. And the fact that he got out of the ring and they fought up the aisle way until he got to a certain point was dumb. Just dumb. He needed to be in the middle of the ring. He needed to be fucking completely destroyed and left for dead. And fucking Bray Wyatt walk out victorious with Uncle Howdy somehow. Like <laughs> it, Howdy. it, it made no fucking sense the like, way they ended it and that the way they did that match. It's it's
1: stupid. What's one of the biggest fads right now? It's like the true crime shit, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I loved about the original Bray Wyatt. Like he was right off the heels a true detective. Right. Let's go back to that. Like we don't need supernatural shit. Like yeah, he can do the fun little like I'm going to crab walk. But like we don't need anything else like he is a capable storyteller mm-hmm. on the mic and if you find the right performer, he can get a match out of him. Like let's He should have
0: had a great match with LA Knight. He should have. But it was a gimmick match and it was fucking it, it was time constraint and it was not violent enough. It just no. wasn't. If for for Bray's Bray's character to to be effective, if you're gonna make him indestructible, because fucking he, La Knight was straight up fucking crushing him with that kendo stick towards the end, and Bray <sighs> was just walking through it, which is fine. But if you're gonna do that, then fucking by the end of this match, La Knight should not be able to stand up. Yeah. Um, I fucking love La Knight, dude. That dude cracked me up. Like when I first, Max like when Dupree. I, yeah, like when I got back into wrestling and started watching it peripherally, and Vince had him doing this Max Dupree shit. I'm like, oh my god, this sucks ass. When he came back as La Knight, I was like, oh my god, this guy's funny as fuck. I actually like him. I think this is like, why did Vince ever get rid of this character? Because this character is gold. Like this guy knows how to sell this character. I will fucking walk around and go, like, just yell out, "Yeah!" Just because that shit is funny as fuck, dude. Like it, it's
1: simple, but so fucking effective for that character. It's great. Yeah. But dude, David, I have to like, I really thought going into this Royal Rumble, I'm like, I'm gonna turn a non-wrestling fan into a fan. Ooh,
0: not with this fucking.
1: <laughs> it didn't
0: happen. No, and it, it didn't help that right after this match was the women's championship match, which no one, no one said Alexa Bliss had a shot of dethroning. Uh, 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 fuck uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca Bel- Belair. Thank you. I kept wanting – I.
1: The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I wanted to say, but I couldn't get, like, it wasn't Bianca, it was like Tiana or whatever the fuck. I'm like, no, oh, that's man, not Oh, right. man, someone just watched but, Princess and the Frog. I'm like, the no, <laughs> fuck is going on? Okay, but no one thought that Alexa Bliss was going to beat Bianca bel No one. This match should have been the,
1: cut. This yeah, should have been cut.
0: It, it really should have, because you knew it was cut down for time because it lasted seven minutes.
1: And we got the promise that more is going to happen with this. Like this yeah. should have been the end. Yeah, it really should have. Because it, it, it this short of a <laughs> match
0: was just like it did a disservice. This was this was a mid match. A mid-title match on Raw at best. Like even even a mid-title match on Raw would have gone longer and this had 7 minutes and Like completely didn't do anything except extend Alexa's storyline with her fractured reality shit going (laughs) on. At the end, but no, even then, the that, that didn't. What is the fuck? Is he... Oh, that's. What... <laughs> I'm like, what? You my thumb
1: Alexis... Uncle Howdy. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? My,
0: my Alexis started going off. Oh, because I was talking about Alexa Bliss. So my Alexis like sitting there going, "Why do you keep talking to me?" Um. No, yeah, so. Like. This uh, again. This match didn't do anything for either performer. Neither one of them looked great. You really should have given this at least fifteen minutes and let it been a lot better. But it just it was so super lackluster. Where they came like it. They spent more time getting to the ring than they did fighting. Dude,
1: <coughs> David, you gave this too much credit. This was the main event of like a velocity. Yeah. It really, it really is. Like it it Bianca or I mean not Bianca, uh Alexis becoming a wasted talent. Yeah, she really is. Hold on she just one right?
0: second. Yep. Oh, okay, sorry about that. Yeah, that fucking life. All right, so we were you said that they were wasting Alexa Bliss.
1: Yes. Yes. and, and Bianca. Agree.
0: Yeah, it really – I mean, I don't think they're wasting Bianca, but they are really they, – They're they dragging gotta, this out. Yeah, they, they really kind of are. They need to stop building up these ladies and not giving them a shot to shine because, like, yeah, Alexa's been champion before and everything else. And, and I get the appeal of Bianca, and I think she's a solid champion. She fucking fights her ass off and everything else. But sometimes these long title reigns can kind of get a little stale. And you really need someone to kind of step up. I don't think every title run deserves a year-long, like, reign. You you just don't. Sometimes... Switch, your Roman reigns. Well, and, and even then, like, this is working because when he gets dethroned, it's going to be oh. amazing. But... Like, I I don't think it's going to be quite as amazing when Bianca gets dethroned. Because, yeah, if if she holds on to it till WrestleMania, she'll have held on to it for a year. Okay, great. She really didn't need to. Like, she's not the champion where I'm like, her title reign is defined by how long it was. And she needs someone to, like, really high, like, really, really high up coming back to dethrone her. Like, the 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 wwe's women's roster is
1: super solid they need to learn how to use it better yeah thank you thank you like one yeah yeah like let's get becky lynch back put the belts back on her come on like
0: like really like i was kind of bummed like not that uh, i didn't like Ronda Rousey as champ anyways i didn't i uh-huh. i honestly think i think Liv should have probably kept the championship instead of handed it off to to Ronda but like to have fucking Charlotte Flair come back and win the championship within like a day of like not even a day of her returning i'm um, like there was no build up it didn't make sense story wise like it's fan service to the writers right and and I like Charlotte like she's a good enough champion and I think she'll you know hold, her holding the belt will will be good for Smackdown but really it, there's enough talent that you can spread that around um and, and really make that that women's division like a real fun division again because there is the talent like if The women's rumble alone showed the amount of talent that that women's division has, that they are not utilizing.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So to me, that fucking that that women's championship match was an absolute waste of time. Those first three matches were just mid a mid rumble, a horrible Bray match. And a horrible championship match, women's championship match. You could have axed all three of those first three fights and been well, fine.
1: It's so funny. I like. I hate to keep going back to this, but like Jess is like, the name of this show is the Royal Rumble. I'm like, yep. She's like, why is this not? She's like, the last match is supposed to be the big one. I'm like, I get where you're coming from. And this is before it happened. Right. I'm like, But I think we're about to get a payoff for, like, one of the greatest storylines that has gone on for a year so. But I I do understand where you're coming from. You know what you really should have done is before you had Jesse watch
0: the Rumble is kind of show her highlights of the Bloodline storyline. Like, from Sammy turning Jay to be on Jay to, to Sammy's side to... He's just not feeling Usy. Like all those little moments of like, oh my god, this is why the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline is so great because you don't even need to know. You don't need to have followed the entire storyline if you catch the idea of it and you I w- show highlights of like of all these little spots that built up to this moment. You would see why. That that storyline needed to go last.
1: I will say this, David. I didn't have to show her any of that, and she understood. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It's dude,
0: a testament. Like and like the worst thing. Amazing.
1: I had to rewatch. Like I didn't watch the whole thing, but I rewatched the final match because we did a live recording, so I had it on mute. Yeah. I had to go back and watch like the last ten minutes. To hear the crowd reacting, oh, because I, I didn't, I didn't hear that the first time. It was all on mute. Yeah, that's crazy. Holy fuck! Okay, sorry, sorry. All right,
0: so we will, we will move on to the women's rumble, which I personally think Rhea Ripley was better than
1: the men's. It was, oh, it was better than men's, one hundred percent.
0: The women's rumble it was a thousand times better than the men's. But I personally wanted Rhea Ripley to win because I think. Not only does has she been great this year with the Judgment Day, she's been she's been the outstanding performer for the Judgment Day. Like honestly, if you go back, you just watch her kind of take over being the leader for the Judgment Day, without really being the leader. The the how vocal she is at ringside, how like what an integral part of that faction that she is. She has really brought eyes and made the Judgment Day must-watch. Yes. At, the, like, segments on Raw. She's so a
1: out star of the Judgment she, Day. She really
0: is. Like, if the Judgment Day did nothing, it shot Rhea Ripley up to where she needed to be. Because she's super talented in the ring. She's fucking got that imposing force, like China, like Beth Phoenix, like all, like, Re- the really big women that can do fucking monstrous shit and still be like technically good wrestling like she she is outstanding. So the fact that the Judgment Day has done so much for her, I personally wanted her to win the Rumble. She I, had, was, oh, I'm I, sorry. Was, I was skeptical as fuck when they brought her out at one when they brought her out at one and live it 2 I'm like. If she pulls it off and she's the first woman to go 1-30 to and win the Rumble, oh my god, all the more power to them. And I want to see it. But I got worried because very seldom do they do the number one and number two winning the whole fucking Rumble. Like hardly ever, especially for the women. So
1: I was kind of a little iffy. But I get it. Do you know what I know? One. It, it was shades to the 2001 Royal Rumble when Stone Cold was coming out. He got attacked by Triple oh,
0: H. Oh yes, yeah.
1: And he came back and won. During the men's Rumble, she got speared by Beth Phoenix.
0: Yep, you're right.
1: i like, she's call. gonna win.
0: Yeah, no, good call. That that really is because like when I saw the women's Rumble, I hadn't watched the men's Rumble yet because so when i got home it was like about 10 o'clock and i was gonna start watching it except it wouldn't let me do a replay or start it from the very beginning so i tried to like rewind it back as far as it would let me go and it was like it started it like midway through the men's rumble and i was like well fuck it then i'm not really gonna watch it because i want to watch it from beginning to end didn't this
1: much. No, I
0: really didn't. I didn't have to. But then I realized, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to watch it. I'll watch what I can. So I just fucking backed it up, got to the fucking pitch black match, and then watched it going forward. So I didn't see um, Rhea get speared by Beth Phoenix. I understood. Like, they brought it up a lot during the Rumble with the women's Rumble, so I kind of got an idea. I'm like, oh, they did hurt her and everything else. But that led me more to believe that they were going to try and build a program between her and Beth and, like, maybe not make her win the Rumble because I was like, man, don't do that. She really needs to win the Rumble and get some gold. Like, she needs to bring gold to the Judgment Day and kind of become The Rock the way The Rock became the leader De facto leader of the nation,
1: yeah.
0: Because like, honestly, that's what it—that's what it's becoming. She's being super charismatic more so than anybody else on in that faction. But like, is doing it naturally. It's not. She's not forcing it. She's not trying to take over. It's just coming naturally, and it, it's because I, I, WWE's TikTok always does a great job of. Showing, showing Rhea on the outside and her reacting to when the Judgment Day is in the ring and how she's like just yelling at the ref and like so into it and it's so refreshing to see how bought into it she is. And she's and- just she has that MJF about her. Like even though. Oh yes, yes. Like. She's she's not MJF Perfect. all the time, like because like outside the ring she is very much who she is. She's herself. She's a nice person. She's super nice. Like she, you know, you you can tell she's not the same person as Rhea Ripley. But when she is Rhea Ripley and she is in the ring and doing that shit, she is every bit, she is every bit as believable as MJF is to his character all the fucking time. So we, she needed to win, and I'm glad she did. But that being said, that women's rumble was had great surprises, like um, <laughs> uh, Piper Niven coming out instead of, and dropping do, do, do drop. Fucking say that ten times fast, dude. I uh, I really like that, but like dude, like Piper is so underrated as a wrestler. She's How awesome? Off-
1: Go How ahead. often am I to say that she is weirdly very fucking sexy?
0: She has such a pretty face. She Holy made a, shit. Like, if you look at just her face, like, if if you – this is super vain as fuck. And please don't take offense to it because I'm not the thinnest dude ever by a long stretch. But if you, like, if you took her face and you melted away like 150 pounds she'd be supermodel hot like she is just super attractive like super super so
1: fucking hot to me right. like her her thing so so david again i grew up on like <laughs> the wendy richter's of the world yes yes and uh what did wendy richter wear when she wrestled oh it was like a one-piece bathing suit and yes le- and leggings Jess and I had this thing where I said the Women's Royal Rumble was not great if there was not at least five one-piece bathing suit types of things. Yeah. And I got two. (laughs) But it it was fantastic. So, like, I'm going to ask you this, Dave. Um, Who was your surprise performer in the Women's Royal Rumble? Um. As far as, cause I, I hope I, you don't mind. Like, do you know who mine was? Go ahead, shoot. Zelina Vega. I she
0: think was she was so sneaky. good. I, she she would she did really good as far as like using her size and what she did to her advantage. I was shocked that she was as good as she was because I had never yes.
1: seen
0: yes, but. She also played the rumble right, like she kind of hid, and so did Rhea, like Rhea spent a lot of time on the ground, in the corner, like she would get hit and be taken out, but like you would always see her kind of getting hit, and then she'd just kind of be in the corner, biting her time, and waiting for shit to happen, and Vega was like that too. Except, like, she was literally, like, she'd be sitting on the turnbuckle watching everything happening and being strategic. It was really, she actually did really good. But I knew that she didn't have a shot at winning it. The one that really surprised me was one of the girls from NXT, and I'm fucking drawing a blank on her name. Um, uh, She was part of the tag team with Nikita Lyons and then fucking... Stabbed Nikita Lyons in the back and went solo,
1: and I can't think of her name. Fuck. Dude, I was kind of hoping we would have Santino's daughter in here. Santino? Santino F- Morella? Yeah, his daughter's in NXT. No way! What the fuck is her name? Um, It is Bianca Corelli from NXT. No shit. That is okay. his daughter.
0: Okay. Nikita Lions. Nikita Lions. Fucking big fingers, little phone. Dude, Bullshit.
1: Um, okay. But yeah, like Zel- Zelina Ve- I mean, it's like, it's just. I mean, because like Zelina Vega, she gets to wrestle with Alistair Black at home, so she's really? going to be good. Yeah, they're married. I didn't know that's who he was married to. Yeah.
0: No shit. Wow. 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 You learn something new every day. So it was her name, Zoe Starks, is the girl I was thinking of. Zoe Starks actually surprised me because I. I'm not a fan of hers in NXT, but I think she did a really good showing in the Rumble. I I think Piper Nivens really needs to be given a shot, a legit shot, because for someone to be that good and that safe, like, honestly, I've never seen someone who takes care of another wrestler as much as she does. She when when she does a move, she makes sure that whoever she's performing with is safe. I I've seen it in, in every match she's done, and it's amazing to watch her. She really needs a, a solid push. Like if like I, I I don't think putting her in a tag team is going to utilize the best of her skill, but I think a woman's cruiserweight. But, well, she's a little bit bigger than Cruiserweight. But uh, on honestly, like, if you do... If Piper t- was to win...
1: No, Z- not Piper. I meant Z- Zelina Vega. <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, no. It, like, uh, Zelina, if... I... Does... Do you think, like, the women's needs more of the men's feel to it where... You got not only do you have the two main championships, but you have the US title and the intercontinental title too. Because I feel like
1: if you want to make it legit then Yeah. Yes.
0: I I kind of think like I think there's a lot of titles. And and you can kind of have too many titles, but the women's titles with the way they are, I think you save the main titles for the premium live events and build up stories and have the payoffs be there but you have a, U, a, a US title and an intercontinental title to kind of bring prominence and a little bit of focus to the women's division and and have those like titles mean something and fought for because I don't know that Piper or Selena would like really do great with a main belt right now. But if they had a shot at a mid belt, I think they do great and like work themselves up. I didn't, I had no fucking clue about Selena Vega. That is shocking that she's very good. Alistair Black.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like let's add, maybe not like, like, like let's add a cruiserweight woman's belt because, I mean, you see her going against Ray Ripley. You know it's not going to end well. But, like, let's put her in with women her own size. Like, she, she was a lot of fun last night. She, like I said, like I was telling this to Jess. She's like, oh, I like her. Like, Jess is like, ooh, she's a lot of fun. I'm like, yeah. Like, she used to just be like eye candy. Like, yeah. Like, That's all
0: I thought she was, to be honest. I thought she was just eye candy manager for the, the faction she's in. Fucking
1: yeah, but Elf she Fat, was a Dastma lot of or whatever. She was a lot of fun last night. Like she, yeah, she really was. Yeah, she like to me like she wasn't the best, right? But like I thought she was a lot of fun. Like yep. she was my surprise of the night for the women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think the big letdown
0: of the Women's Rumble, and and I knew what you were laughing about earlier, was Nia Jax coming out at 30.
1: Yo, dude, okay, how meta? How meta was that? that? Nia Jax botches every match she's in, right? Like, she is probably the worst worker. Of all time, so the fact that <laughs> the fact that WWE can't even put up the 10-second counter for her, I don't think was accidental.
0: No, I don't think it was accidental either. Jesus and I, I don't think Jesus it was acc- I
1: I don't think it was accidental that
0: she was in and out super quick too, because like, it, yeah, she would have been a hard out anyways. But that's not to say that she wouldn't have been. And a way to get out. That was literally a. Here's your moment. You're going to look super strong and then you're going to be gone and out of here. You're done because. uh, And she, she fucking botched like that. okay. so not only is she like one of the most unsafe workers, but she can't fucking help sell a move to save her life. So, like, Rhea goes to sl- give her a slam, and she barely, like, wh- when you do it, you usually have some- the help of the person being slammed by jumping up and yeah. getting over and whatever. And,
1: they didn't respect her.
0: And, and fucking Nia Jax literally, like, expects Rhea Ripley
1: to pick her up and slam her. And I'm and like. Rachel Rodriguez before that. I think Rachel. Uh, yeah! Rikawa Rodriguez R- was R- supposed Cal- R- to body slam her. Yeah,
0: and like, she fucked it up like, uh, Nia Jax can't fucking help but fuck up spots. And then finally, Rhea Ripley fucking pump handle slams her, which is it looked like not Looked like shit,
1: but well, still was got, good.
0: Yeah, got the point across to the point where you're like, okay. And then when Rhea's like, let's get this bitch the fuck out of the ring now, and everybody jumps in to help like, that's when I knew Rhea was gonna win it because she had just led the whole team to be like, fuck it, let's get this huge crazy bitch out of here. She can't wrestle. She's fucking everything up. Let's be done with her.
1: Man, dude, like like I know like text messaging, like all all signs were kind of to the rock coming. Like the poster had lightning, like electricity. <laughs> We don't get, like, the person we were expecting was The Rock, but instead we got his fucking botch-prone idiot of a cousin yeah, as a surprise entrant. That's bullshit, dude. Yeah.
0: But overall, I, I would say that the Women's Rumble was, uh, what like, easily, it deserved the co-main event of the night because it, it delivered, I think, I, I think the ending was great. I, I love, I love this uh, uh, fucking, why well, am I, I going to fucking blank on saying her name? Ahsoka. There we go. No, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ahsoka. Uh, now I have it confused. Asuka. Oscar It's Asuka. Because, because the U is silent. Yeah. I started thinking of fucking You're Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Ahsoka yeah. um, is, Ahsoka is. Brilliant in the ring, and to have her, Liz, Liv Morgan and Rhea at the end was easily the best decision of the night. You have those three. I would, I would have loved the man to, Becky Lynch to kind of be in there at the end too. But I think it's more important. It's a
1: good storyline with her and Bailey.
0: Yeah, it, that. Her Becky and and damage controls story needs to progress more than Becky needs to go win the title right now.
1: She doesn't need to. She doesn't need a title for the rest of her career. Yeah, no, no. Like
0: Becky's a a, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, easily without 100. a doubt.
1: Dude, does she not look good in that one piece? Oh my god, fucking dude.
0: <laughs> Becky Lynch is amazing. Like it's so weird because like. Rhea Ripley does it for me
1: like oh my god I told Jess I'm like I want her to choke me and kill me and bring me back to life and then fuck me yeah
0: like Rhea Ripley is like in my opinion like ridiculously like I don't know if it's the fact that it's all just goth and fucking like brings me back to being a teenager and shit but Rhea Ripley does it for me and for the most part like people would be like eh she's okay like no, no, I, no, no. I, I would take Rhea over Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss any fucking day of the
1: week. Oh my gosh. she dropped the pants and she wears like that bikini <sighs> bottom now. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I,
0: I fucking I dig it. So I, I really think that the the Women's Rumble was was standout for superior.
1: In, yeah. Um. I okay. So as I said, like this is a little inside the curtain. I have a big thing for like women wrestling each other in swimsuits. Yeah, it's there. There's a market for it. Um, like, One of their biggest stars is Chelsea Green, which they fucking they, they clown her up. Yeah, they, they really it. did. Because Dude, she did not bring her in and not her husband fucking um, Matt, Matt, Matt Cardona. I
0: to me, that was that was one of the biggest mistakes and 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 to be honest i haven't really seen her wrestle so i don't have an opinion on her talent but the she got a road warriors level pop when she was announced like that was one of the biggest pops for any person coming out all night long and they literally clowned her she came in and did like fucking was she one of the ones
1: that was in and out within four seconds she set the record for fastest woman's yeah. like elimination dude how hot does she look though oh she was smoking no
0: oh, she God. was absolutely smoking and that to me that that it that was the big big miss of the women's is that every woman came in and got to hit move On almost everybody in the ring, even if they immediately got eliminated thereafter. Chelsea Green literally fucking ran down, ran down that fucking super long walkway into the ring and out of the fucking ring. She did all that running for nothing. Meanwhile, Michelle McCool, who just happened to be in the front row as a spectator... Gets a surprise entrance into the fucking Royal Rumble. Who
1: just happens to be wearing her
0: ring gear. Yeah. And ends up staying in there for almost like a fourth of or more of the match, where you're like, what the fuck sense does that even make? But okay, I guess. Sure. I don't know, man. I. Yeah. I, and I like it's been that.
1: built up that she's coming back and that's what we get. But. Why can't you just put on a one piece? Like, fuck! Like, come on, man! Like, that's what I know you as. But no, I, I like, and I gotta say, like, yes, um, Selena Vega was my surprise. But goddamn, like, Liv Morgan when she became champion, I feel like it was wasted. But dude, if she didn't prove herself,
0: no, she's she's solid. She needs another shot at a belt. She really does. I, I think she definitely needs a better another shot at the belt more than fucking Charlotte Flair did. That's for goddamn sure. So yeah, I nepo nepo babies. Yeah, really is, dude. Really is. Um, um speaking of nepotism. <laughs> yeah, what
1: a fucking segue, man. I wait wait. wait here's here, here's my big gripe of of the night. Um, I I in my heart of hearts, I. I honestly don't think the men's rumble was supposed to go on first. And I say that because through the entire show, we got like vignettes of competitors from the men's rumble after the rumble.
0: Oh, see, I fast forwarded through all that shit because I was so far behind. So I didn't I didn't get any of the fluff, any of the ad. I only saw I only saw one ad and it was the fucking excuse me. It was the Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, Applebee's ad, which absolutely grossed me the fuck out where I was just like, oh, oh, no, this is this
1: is too sad. I'm sorry, but I want to see those two fuck.
0: I wouldn't mind seeing their porn video, but them in an ad for fucking Applebee's and acting like that food was was actually good and that they really cared about
1: what oh, each on, other. David, were eating. When you're drunk, it's fine. No, Applebee's is never fine, sir.
0: There's there's never there's never a need. If you're gonna be drunk and you need food, Waffle House. That's the only only correct answer ever. David, where do I live? Uh, you live in the middle of fucking nowhere, I guess. Do
1: you it. think there's a Waffle House? <laughs> no, I don't. There? I really don't. Do it's... I want to fuck a girl that can catch a fucking stool with one hand? Yes. Yes. But I have <laughs> to settle for Applebee's. <laughs> that That's fair. That no, but fair. They, sh- they showed vignettes for, like, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, all after, like, Jess is like... Jess is like, why, why are we getting these commercials for these guys? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's very strange. Like you and, would think it's promoting honest, the final four for the Royal Rumble, right? Right. But,
0: but um, to be honest, they they really should have probably put the first the the women's match on first because it was head and shoulders a better match. And if you're gonna book it, you want to bookend. Wait, you think the men's Royal Rumble was better than the women's? No, I think the women's is better, but if you're going to bookend a show to start off great and to end great, then you should have had the women's first and then ended with the bloodline storyline and had the men's. Okay, I agree with that. Because honestly, everyone expected Cody to win. It was going to get a pop, but it wasn't going to get the biggest pop of the fucking night. That was being held for a fucking... Yo, dude. For the bloodline, so there's no reason why you shouldn't have had like, I I'm kind of glad that the the women's went on second to last because they they deserved main event status.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: yeah. But but if you're bookending a show, if you're gonna say I want to put the best one of the best things on first and end it with one of the best things and they, th- they really thought that the men's match was going to be the best thing with Cody winning, I would have been like, come on, everybody's okay. gonna- everyone's going to see Cody coming. It's not going to have that huge of a pop, especially going into a bloodline storyline. Let's put that on before the bloodline so that the crowd's not so completely spent and we don't possibly ruin anything. Or if the women's is really super good – then the women's is talked about because it came on first, not right before the bloodline and gets lost because of the bloodline storyline. That's, that's where I would have had the problem. I would have, I would have booked the women's first only because I'm bookending a show. I want greatness and greatness. And the men's was
1: not great. David, can you do me a big favor? Shoot. Can you hit the fast forward button right now on your remote? Um, Just trust me. Just trust me. Okay. Hit the fat. Booker T, surprise guy, Cody wins, Logan Paul and Ricochet collide. Men's Royal Rumble. Let's get to the bloodline. Yeah. Straight fat. Let's get to the fucking... A year. A now, year. It. I, I. I will say,
0: I didn't know... Exactly how this was going to play out. I. It was either that. Sammy was going to be so in deep. That he would have done anything. That Roman asked. Would have done anything. Or this was when you were going to have your bloodline split. And I really didn't think that it was ready for the split. I did not. I think you could have had this storyline go right up to WrestleMania. You Dude. could have done it. And
1: and they're going to. With that said, they, do you they, they, think they booked themselves into a corner here? No, no, not at all. I you really don't, don't think like Cody, like... Like I think either you had like Cody winning's great, but now for like ninety days, sixty days we're gonna hear about like his dad. No, that's fine. That that you do I that. want Sammy and Roman as the main event as you're night going to. Two. Okay, you're gonna good, get it. Good, okay. Good,
0: good. So this is what's gonna happen. And and I bet you're gonna get Sam you're gonna get Sammy and Roman night two for WrestleMania because Sammy's going to be in the Elimination Chamber, chamber and going to win it. That's how he gets to WrestleMania. That's how he takes the belt off of Roman because Roman is going to fight Cody night one of WrestleMania and lose. are going to go for the Raw title. Titles.
1: Yep. Okay. Okay.
0: That makes Cody. Sense. Cody is going to call out for the Raw title and be like, you know what? I want to go for the Raw title and the Raw title only because that's where my home is and everything else. Like that, He's going to make it – he's going to make it – The House of Cody. Kind of. He's going to sit there and use his dad as the inspiration. I don't need to be the undisputed champ. I need to be the champ of this
1: – A fighting uh, champion.
0: A, a fighting champion, and I need to be of Raw because that is – you know, just that that's what my dad would have done. He he was, this is the show I'm on. This is the fight I need to fight. And that's fine because Cody needs to run that storyline that I'm fine with that. But Roman's going to be so beat up from that match. He's going to have lost. They're going to find a stipulation that Cody can win. It's going to be a cage match, a hell in the cell, something. And Cody's just going to fucking destroy Roman. It's going to come out of nowhere. But then Sammy's going to come out night two and go, I want you. I want you now. And fucking Sammy is going to take him because fucking Roman is already going to be beat up. He's going to lose the other title and Roman's going to go away and do Hollywood shit. So I or think Roman that's what they're set needs,
1: up. Roman just needs to take – the guy is a cancer survivor. Yeah, he, he really has, needs – but he it's not like he's –
0: constantly fighting or constantly no. on the road. Like, that that dude has a
1: pretty light schedule for a champ. I, I get it, but, like, the dude is kind of, like, he became the most hated baby face <laughs> to the most loved mm-hmm. heel. I think he deserves a couple months off. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Let's give it to the guy. So,
0: to get back to the match, the match between Roman and and Kevin is great
1: story. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. They beat the shit out of one another. There is like the, I, I don't ever think there's a moment where I think Kevin's going to win. I I don't ever think that Kevin's going to win. I know for a fact he can, not but that being said, but it's like what
1: Sammy's going to do. Right?
0: Yes, exactly. That is the whole storyline. What is Sammy going to do? Is Sammy going to find out that, his loyalty is to his friend is what matters or his loyalty to the bloodline because Sammy's shown time and time again, that the bloodline means everything. And there hasn't really been that glimmer of, well, you know, we've gone too far and we really shouldn't be doing this. Like he seems pretty bought into the bloodline shit.
1: So, and I think a lot of us actually thought at least me, am just for me is that the bloodline was going to turn on Sammy. Yeah. I really like, I
0: really thought that <coughs> I, I, I thought it was kind of leading that way. Anyways, like they, they started doing it with the trial and Roman being kind of suspicious of, of Sammy anyways. But like, you, you could have started... I kind of felt like they were building to that. Like, I didn't think that Sammy was going to be the one to say no to the bloodline. And I sure as fuck didn't think that he was going to do it at Royal Rumble. Yes,
1: I thought he was going to cement it. I thought maybe yeah. it was going to happen at Mania.
0: Like, I honestly... I thought... Yeah, I really thought that if anything, he would have turned and and did something at Mania to, to do it. But, like, when when you see the brutality of what how far roman is going to kevin owens i think like when he asked for a chair i think really what it should have been i i think this is my own, my only hesitation on the match is that sammy should have been willing to throw that chair into roman no questions asked but after How brutal that match got after him being slammed into the stairs and everything else. Like, I don't think Sammy being being conflicted about the chair made a lot of sense. I think he should have thrown that chair in the ring when when Roman asked for it. But then the minute he sees Kevin thrown into the steps as hard as he was, those two bumps looked brutal. If you if you have not seen the Rumble, I don't know what the fuck you're doing listening to this. It's but rough. go back and just watch that. They will show clips of it, and it is two of the hardest hits I have ever seen in a this wrestling. Head
1: hits the steps.
0: Oh my god, it is it is harsh. That is the moment that you know Sammy kind of turns, and I think that's that's a legitimate concern for sammy like where he's like you know what i'll help you win i'll help you cheat i'll help you hit him with the chair because you're not going to go fucking ballistic but the minute he starts going ballistic and sammy gets that kind of nod of uneasiness and everything else then i buy it but at the end so they have fucking sam fucking kevin gets pinned he gets his ass kicked everything else Dude, the, uh, dude, this is where like shit like the, like the match itself was a good match a very very good match it wasn't a stellar match it wasn't like oh my god it wasn't like, one
1: you remember
0: right until the end like you will remember the the you will remember this uh step spot you'll remember a couple of the fucking frog splashes that kevin did you know uh maybe a couple of the reversals here and there but like really the thing that this match is going to stand out for is how brutal
1: they treated kevin at the end of this match oh my god and best supporting, amount, best supporting actor of the year jay uso well yeah
0: okay so if you haven't seen it you have to watch the how many times he hits the twice that he hits the steps is brutal but the amount of super kicks that fucking Kevin Owens took while handcuffed to the to the ropes was insane. There is no reason for anybody to be kicked that fucking much ever. Ever. There I'm not even kidding when I say they fucking there was at least twenty super kicks. To Kevin, oh my god,
1: they were getting tired at yeah. the end of it.
0: It really was. It was like holy shit. It was just brutality after bru- Like they, the the fucking the Usos sold it. They sold the shit that out of being like this is the bloodline. Like if you're in, you're fucking in. You're in for a pound, out for a pound kind of thing. You weren't fucking around. They were taking everything out on Kevin Owens. And then when they asked Sammy to join in and he turned his back and fucking stood up for Kevin and fucking laid out Roman with the chair, that whole arena
1: lost its mind. Dude, I didn't even get to experience that live. Fuck you, Jess oh my god <laughs> I, dude I'm telling
0: you it was even watching it back like you the entire time you you the fucking entire arena is firmly behind Sammy and I honestly don't think that they cared which way Sammy went. I really don't. I think oh. had he gone either way, I think that crowd would have put Sammy over either way but the pop he got, for fucking Hidden Roman was out of this world. But then you get fucking Jimmy, who was tight with Sammy the entire time. Like, there was never a waiver of doubts. Jimmy and Sammy were bros. They were straight-up bros. And Jimmy was the first one to straight-up super kick fucking Sammy out of his feet. And Jay sat there, the one who would wouldn't fucking let him into the bloodline was so sus to Sammy the entire time and finally got one over and fucking stood up for him left and right.
1: Dude. Do you wish he would have like kind of fought some of his own family? No. I okay. Think, okay. No, okay. Cause I think they did it perfectly. I think now
0: Jay is conflicted and it makes for oh. an even better storyline is he conflicted because holy shit Sammy has had our backs this entire time and he wasn't willing to go this far is he right is he is is he right and you got to remember Jay didn't always have the best relationship with Roman anyways so is he going to turn his back on the bloodline and be like you know what Sammy's been there for us and we asked him to do some fucking devious bullshit Dude, that he, he wasn't worth shots, doing. right? Like there's no reason why we should have turned our back on Sammy because Sammy had our back. We just treated him like shit. So I think Jay being conflicted was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And however they go with this, I'm there for the ride because the, the buildup to this part of the story Has been so satisfying. Dude.
1: The the, the best storyline
0: in 20 years. Right. And the turn. That is what makes it. The turn. Sammy turning his back on the bloodline. After he was so set on being part of that family. That there was nothing more. Was absolutely the perfect timing. You... You set it up so that he can get to WrestleMania through the elimination chamber to take a belt off of Roman. That is brilliant. I did not expect it at all. And was so pleasantly shocked. Absolutely.
1: This David, this was so fun watching was watching was, watching along with somebody that had no idea what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm like, you just witnessed one of the greatest payoffs mm-hmm. to the best storyline since the Attitude Era. Like,
0: I, this is easily, for me, one of my all-time favorite
1: storylines. Uh, me too. I, I co signed that. This is – man, and like, like a, in a wrestling match, they have that thing called the false finish where – you know, you think the good guy is going to win, but something happens. Mm-hmm. They did that with the chair shot. Like, Sammy yeah. had a chance to do it before he did it. And it's like, oh, he's not going to do it. Like, right. no, this was his chance. And, like, dude, Sammy, Zane, like, when um, there's that part where Roman starts slapping him, right? And yeah. you go forehead to forehead. And Sammy's got some fight in him. But then Sammy backs off. You're like, oh, Sammy, what are you doing? Yeah. I Like, in all honesty, it was a fucking hell of a sell job by Sammy. Because, like, dude, the whole match, the whole, like, his his reactions, his facial expressions, the way he was cheering for Roman. Mm-hmm. And then when they told him to get the chair and he hesitated and Paul Heyman's getting on him. It's like okay, now he learned his lesson. He's gonna do what he's told to do. Like, mm-hmm. like it could, like you said, it could have gone either way. But I think, I don't know, man. I would not have been as happy if he would have hit Kevin Owens. I, I probably
0: wouldn't. Have, I, to be honest, I don't know how I would have felt because it depends on how they go with the story. I think to me, it was a perfect way to kind of keep this storyline going and keep it fresh up until WrestleMania. Like you're, you're, they're doing a perfect build up to WrestleMania. It is absolutely ingenious. I would have been fine as long as the payoff at WrestleMania was the same reaction as I got this feeling from the Royal Rumble. But I think, I think, had this not happened this royal rumble would not be anywhere near as good as it was like it, it, these the last two matches really is what saved this royal rumble from being a trash royal rumble and that payoff 100%. will be will be talked about forever in the wrestling world forever this is this is easily a like. This becomes one of the clips that they put on the as intro. a sizzle, yeah, as a sizzle reel for the intros because it is that impactful. This people will be talking about this ending for as long as people talk about wrestling storylines. Period. It, it there so. We're going to get to it in a second, but (laughs) what the, the, the turns in wrestling can make or break a storyline. Yes. And if you do it right, you will be talked about forever. And if you do it wrong, you will be forgotten and shipped off to some fucking indie circuit out in the middle of Alaska for three months. So, this payoff needed to happen at this Rumble to kind of save face because there's no way that Triple H looked at those middle two bouts and said this is a solid Rumble. The only thing that saved this Rumble was those last the the women's Rumble and the Bloodline storyline coming to this crescendo. Which, it's it's not even at a crescendo yet. Like, this, this is literally just getting to where the split and the fucking complete fallout of everything's going to happen. This storyline's just picking up. Oh, where, yeah. Like, the build-up... This is the build-up to the apex to how shit's going to play out, and it's going to be fucking fantastically violent all the way up until WrestleMania now it was it was done brilliantly
1: i this is I, why i feel bad for cody like you won the rumble cool but like dude sammy has been working for a year buddy like this is yeah but that's why this you is what i want to see yeah but
0: that's why you couldn't have sammy in the rumble because everyone wanted him to would have wanted him to win the rumble it, like at least at least Triple H knows how to book. I, I will give him that. That like those two middle matches may have sucked, my boss. But to be fair, that the pitch black match was probably Bray's fault, not necessarily Triple H's. I think that those those Bray matches are usually the brainchild of Bray and not necessarily creative. So. I, I don't put that one on as much as Triple on Triple H as much as I put the women's title match on Triple H. That was horrible. The men's rumble was fine, perfectly mid, but you can't have it anything more than mid because, like, every it, that it was so telegraphed. Like unless you had Randy come out, which I think he's done. I kind of think he's done too. And and I think that's the only other entrant that could have made a challenge for Roman at WrestleMania. Because everybody else in the men's match just didn't have the storyline to go to Roman. The only one that's kind of built in is Cody. Like, you knew Cody – when Cody came back to WWE, you knew Cody was eventually going to challenge for a WWE title. There's no way he's not coming to WWE to not
1: challenge for a title. I so- I I love how he addressed that. I don't know if you're able to watch the post-press like press conference. Mm-hmm. How he was just like, if there's anyone that should just hate me. And not want me to do good. It's it, it's triple H. He's like an AEW. Like I went out of my way to like quote unquote mock him. Like oh, I absolutely shattered a throne. And he's like, This guy is giving me a chance. Then Triple H comes out, he's like, I need to thank Cody for making our business better by doing what he did by starting another company. Yeah. By like I it's so much better than CM Punk being like, hey, I want to fight you guys in the yeah. fucking locker room. Exactly. And that's the thing, like,
0: I I think that's what I, – I, I mean, outside of the various reasons that Vince should not be running a company or in charge of creative because he's just a fucking creepy scumbag, but – he's stale as fuck. Like, he, he wants to believe that there's no other wrestling organization out there other than WWE and that the fans should only support WWE. But you, your industry doesn't grow if you don't nurture everything around you. Like, every business wants to do great and wants to be the top of their field. But... You can't wish the demise of another business because then it doesn't give you that challenge. It doesn't give you the motivation to get better. And I think that's kind of where Vince was. He wasn't getting better. He was we can't have everything has to be about WWE. We have to have our own lingo. You can't refer to it as wrestling. You have to refer to it as sports entertainment. You can't be referred to as wrestlers, your superstars. You know, like to me, that doesn't make sense because I, I get what you're trying to go for. But once you start saying none of this other stuff matters, you're discrediting your fans and the people that follow you because, you know, goddamn well. Most of the fans know all these indie promotions, know all these indie wrestlers, know where they came from, know their backstory. When you act like someone didn't exist before they come to the WWE, that doesn't make any sense. You you should embrace their history because their history is what got them there. So Triple H is right. He's like, yeah, fucking right. He should have come out and yeah triple h would have done that yeah absolutely like triple h helped revolutionize an era in wrestling and what he saw cody do and aew do he was like yeah we absolutely should do that because the minute he got creative the minute you saw the change where Michael Cole, like, there was shit that Michael Cole said in the first broadcast that Triple H was running creative that you never, ever would have heard had Vince been in control because they already started acknowledging, oh, this person was in New Japan. Like, they built the Bullet Club together in New Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes sense to be able to say, hey, there's all this stuff that's interconnected, and the, the fact that Triple H can embrace Cody now and be like, Dude, I get it. I, I totally get
1: it. Like, And Vince McMahon at one point was that. The worst thing to happen to Vince McMahon was winning the Monday Night War. Because yes. during the Monday Night War, he had that exact mentality you were talking about. Like, when the original WCW people came, he embraced who they were. Like, Booker mm-hmm. T was touted. The worst thing to happen to him was that he became Highlander. Right, like, he stopped caring. He realized, like in his mind, it's like everything I do is golden. He stopped trying. Yeah, yeah, he really did.
0: All right, so getting the 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 title of this show, uh, the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, I have always thought of shit like what would be my Mount Rushmore of my favorite wrestlers and you know one of the things that had always gotten me was what's my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who had never
1: won a title and shit like that so I always wanted to talk about it um I love this David because when someone says Mount Mount Rushmore of wrestling you only think of your top wrestlers right and and, And you gave the idea of like moments or categories yeah because honestly like there's so many wrestlers
0: that are just fucking phenomenal that never had the opportunity to like hold a real title. Like, uh, We'll get to it eventually, but like one of my Mount Rushmores for a person who never held a major title would be Scott Hall. I think that dude's super talented, was a fucking charismatic-as-fuck wrestler, and at some point in his career should have won the world title.
1: Now Probably, you're going to make me say mine.
0: But I and I'm only given one, so. Uh, okay, I'll be quiet. I'll be but quiet. But I, I just think that it's stuff like I that agree. that doesn't get yeah. talked about a lot when you're when people are like, oh, this is my Mount Rushmore of my favorite wrestlers. Like everyone's Mount Rushmore is going to be a little bit different, but it's going to have that same fucking foundation of who was your eras and and kept you in wrestling.
1: Whole I'm sorry, time. I have to turn off my bagpipes right now. Right? Exactly. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> um,
0: so, with this, I thought, what a better way to to start off the Mount Rushmore than your Mount Rushmore of turns, because of that turn last night that Sami Zayn did, which was, will live in infamy. I like. I did not put it on my Mount Rushmore only because it just happened last night. This okay. would be this would be my Mount Rushmore of turns prior to last night because okay. that holy shit that turn last night easily fucking number one all time right now. But I,
1: yes, I can't. That's a giveaway. I,
0: I can't sit there and be like, oh fuck, I'm gonna. Although I did put it in here. Fuck, I lied me my too. ass off. Me too, Fuck me it. too, All but cool, you know cool, what? cool.
1: Fuck it. Can we it both say it's air. our number one? Can we yes. both say it's our number one? Okay.
0: Absolutely. Okay. okay. Okay, so my, the one that, the, the, so obviously Sammy, Sammy's face goes on the Mount Rushmore for the turn, not the bloodline, not Roman, not anyone else. That is a fucking Sammy. old beard it's, Sammy with the fucking wild crazy hair.
1: Can we put Jay up there too though? Yeah, yeah. Jay okay. Gets, Jay gets a little like you
0: get the big Sammy head and like a little side like like almost those class pictures where you had the one picture shooting forward and then another side view. Yeah. Like
1: Jay. Jay's, Jay's the little be in side there. view. A little. He. I didn't know I needed Jay to do what he did until he did it, and it was brilliant. It was a absolutely mass a master class of storytelling.
0: Yeah. Um. I will say that the, the one of the other turns one of the the second turn was the first turn that fucking shocked me where I was just like wait what the fuck wait this is not how it's supposed to go and this is my early days of wrestling this is like when you when you're talking like when I got into wrestling like I was it was Junkyard Dog, fucking Hillbilly Gym, like all these old school fucking wrestlers. And the one that fucking shocked me, where I didn't think that this dude had a fucking mean bone in his body, was Andre the Giant turning on Hogan at Piper's Pit and ripping the, the Hulkamania shirt and the cross off of him. That, to me, shocked me. I was... I, I don't even know how old I was I was fucking young and I was impressionable and I was fucking devastated that I was like oh my god how could Andre the Giant do this like I didn't I didn't know anything about kayfabe I thought all this shit was real I thought Andre Giant, Andre the Giant was the coolest biggest motherfucker and that's only because when I was a kid I was a big kid too so like I was always head and shoulders above my classmates so, I kind of like had this thing with Andre where I'm like, dude, I get you. I understand you. And you're yeah. a good dude. I love you. You're awesome. And when he did that turn and aligned with Bobby the Brain Enon, my little brain didn't understand that. I couldn't comprehend what was going on. I was pissed. Little fucking preteen David was just fucking <laughs> crushed, absolutely
1: destroyed. So no. what is your your second? My second, it has to be, it is a double turn.
0: Okay, I know where a, this is. I is know a, what this is.
1: And is this a, almost made my list, actually. It is a double turned. It is a double turn that, in my heart of hearts, is <laughs> the birth of the attitude era. Yep. And we had heel Stone Cold facing face Bret the hitman Hart in a uh submission match I quit match at WrestleMania 13. and I, I I touted this up enough storytelling means everything to me yeah there has not been a better epic of a storytelling match than Brett Hart versus stone Cold at WrestleMania 13. Where you take the heel and you turn him face, and you take the face and you turn him heel, where you have stone cold that you've just been pre-programmed to hate, and you're supposed to love Bret Hart because he is the excellence of execution, and in this match, David, what a fucking work of art!
0: Oh, dude, it, again, it's work of, of art. It's one that.
1: You talk, it will be talked about forever. Absolutely. Um, Ever. There is, there used to be a podcast called, uh, ENC podcast of awesomeness, which was edge and Christian. Yeah. And they did a series called anatomy of a match and they had Bret Hart and stone cold on. And not only did they talk about the match itself, but they talked about the whole day of going into the match. And Stone Cold just breaking into WWE was like, I'm going to do whatever. And Bret Hart's like, we got something good here. This is what we're going to do. And it goes into the whole, like, anatomy of a match of, like, Bret Hart's like, the only thing that's really going to sell this is is if you're bleeding. And mm-hmm. at that time, they just signed a huge deal with Mattel or yeah. whoever it is. Jax. Jax yeah. Pacific. They could not bleed. So Stone Cold's like, I'm not, I can't bleed. Like, I'm new. And Bret Hart's like, I've been here for almost 20 years. We'll say it's an accident. Vince will come down on me. I'm not going to throw you under. You're good. So under the umbrella, Stone Cold trusted Bret Hart to bleed. Without that blood, and I still, David, I still have this shirt. It's. The front says Austin 316, but it's in blood red, and it's dripping. Nice, nice. And the back has Austin's face covered in blood, and it says blood from a stone. Nice. That's an awesome shirt. The the best double turn all time in wrestling to take your greatest baby face, make him a bad guy, and take the guy you've been programmed to hate, and now you're like, dude. He didn't give up. Like yeah. he passed out. Like gr- to me, one of the best turns of like this would have been number one if it wasn't for, Sammy Zayn. Yeah, it it again. It it was so close to being on my
0: list. Um, because it it is. I think it is one of the best. It 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 is without a doubt to me the best heel villain turn ever. The, oh, yeah. the, the, you're like I don't think you will ever perfect a double turn that way ever again. I ever. can't imagine anyone doing it better. But to me, it wasn't even a buildup of story. Like to me, that that's the thing. Like they told the story in the ring, and it was a great turn. But it was that one match that did it. It wasn't like a buildup match, which, you which didn't is why
1: microphones. I, you needed no, a match. You you really
0: did. And that's why it didn't make it on my list because it, it was just that one match that made that turn where you're just like, holy shit, that's an amazing match. But like, and, and it told a great story. But it there was, had it had a little bit more of a lead up, it would have been easily number one.
1: Like, and that's on, why I love this, list. David. We're coming, uh, we're coming against the, we're coming to this on two different types. Yeah, absolutely. This is fucking awesome, dude. So my my next
0: one. My number three also involves the hitman. I mean, fucking it, Christ. Are, are we going to Montreal? No, we are oh. not going to Montreal. I'm not doing the screw job because I don't think that was necessarily a turn. So we're on the same page here because I'm like, that seems like low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I it, not because it, I don't necessarily know. That's not really a turn. The turn for me in that was... The weeks after when fucking Vince came out and decided to like be Mr. McMahon and say, Brett screwed Brett,
1: which in itself is a great turn.
0: Exactly. But that wasn't well thought out. Like that wasn't his intention. It was, let's just screw Brett because I can't have the title possibly go to WCW. And it was a fucking shitty, stupid thing to do. So like, Honestly, the the whole situation was completely messy. So to me, that wasn't a turn as much as it was, oh, shit, this is a storyline that I can then turn my persona and everything else. So it wasn't really planned. I was not a fan of the turn of Mr. McMahon in that in the screwdrop. My turn is Owen turning on his brother. Oh my God. That two, cage match. Two of the best wrestlers from the best family in wrestling. And just the animosity, the buildup, the the constant, I'm living in my brother's shadow and I can't fucking get out of it. And what do I got to do? What I'm going to do is beat his fucking ass. And Owen just... I. Owen is tragic because Owen R.I.P. Really, honestly, that dude was so beyond talented and so underutilized for his scale while WWE had him. He was an incredible worker and should have very easily been the face of that company for fucking years. Years that dude was so ridiculously talented, but and he stuck around after the screw job. like Exactly, like that dude. It, not only was he talented, loyal as fuck, and just treated dirty from the moment that he died on. Like it, it was just it's it's disturbing. But I love that storyline. That I'm brother gonna versus show brother, you, brother versus brother. I'm gonna show you that I'm better than you. And fucking
1: pull it off. won a couple times. Like, yeah.
0: Like, honestly, right. there, anything with the hitman, the, the hitman can just fucking the, – the, the hitman can fucking breathe and tell a story. So anything with him involved in it is amazing. But to get that turn, to make your own brother turn on you and, like, who is the excellence of execution to me was just brilliant. Like, absolutely brilliant. Fantastic! I will always love that turn from Owen.
1: That is amazing, David. I feel like I don't know if te- I don't know if it's safe. I don't know if it's fair to say you're going to disagree with me on if this should be in it, but um. So I remember, like a big part of training to be a pro wrestler was learning the history, right? And when I got into when I got into the indie wrestling scene, the WrestleMania anthology DVD set came out and big props to my boy, uh, Kenny, a Kenny Anderson yeah. bought me for Christmas, the entire WrestleMania collection Damn. DVD, which I still have, which I still oh, have. that's impressive. Um, of course, I'm like, I need to watch 14 and 15. Yeah. Um, But, David, I'm going to WrestleMania 7 for this turn. Okay. It's also kind of a double turn, but it's more on the face side. And I'm specifically going to the Ultimate Warrior Macho Man Randy Savage match. Oh, where, you know, Macho Man drops five elbow drops. <laughs> Macho Man, one of the best of all time. Yeah. Promo, wrestling. Oh my God. He drops five. He can't get the job done. It takes one little stupid splash and he's done. Sherry Martel, fu- Sherry Martel, oh my God. Fucking. God bless her soul, dude. Like, one of the first women wrestling. She, Macho Man loses. Her meal ticket's gone. She's got her high heel off. She's fucking stabbing him in the face with it. All of a sudden, we get a shot of Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. We, We get a shot of Miss Elizabeth distraught in the stands, watching. But she's like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm out of this. But, David, what happens? What happens? She's She's had enough. Yep. She hops that rail. She fucking gets. Dude, I'm starting to get goosebumps. I'm starting to get teary eyed. I think this is one of the best story, like one of the best emotional moments captured. She pulls her down. She throws her it's macho man that sells it. Cause at first he gets up, he thinks it's Elizabeth that's been fucking hitting him. Right. Dude. He's looking at her and she's just like, she, all she has to do is a shrug and they just embrace. Yep. And he, he puts her on his shoulder and we're back to like We're back to the heyday. And that's like, that is the last image I ever want to see of macho man. Two people gone way before when they should be. Yeah, absolutely. But, I
0: I I dig that turn actually. That's a solid solid turn, and uh, it's even more impressive if you know the history behind that turn,
1: where in real life they're divorced at this moment.
0: Yeah, they're they're not getting along. They're not ha- they're not the most fucking compatible people together anyways at this
1: point. The consummate and, performers in them. Oh,
0: man. fucking unreal. That, that there is was people call. crying
1: in the audience. Like, oh, I, yeah. David, I'm about to choke up just reliving it. Like, it was it was just, you just, I mean, they they came in together, and she was there for her guy. And, I mean, I, I love Macho Man is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Like, he... Yeah. Oh, that was just such a beautiful like like it's a face turn kind of. Oh, you know? it absolutely! Was, like whenever you had Miss Elizabeth,
0: anyways, it, you're you're easily even if fucking even though Macho was a complete dick in the beginning with Miss Elizabeth, like he was such a heel. Whenever Miss Elizabeth came out back with Macho man, it was an immediate face turn for Macho, like. Like that, he became a fan favorite because she Oh, was
1: dude. She goes so, on the shoulder and they play pomp yeah. and circumstance. Oh, my God. Dude, it,
0: that is a great turn because it is. It is it is a fact that one person can make an entire change to uh, someone's character and barely have to
1: do anything.
0: Barely yeah. have to do anything. Just anything. Barely.
1: Time. All she had to do was look concerned. Exactly. And, and he it, had to see that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That I'm great. glad you That's, dig that. I thought you were gonna fight me on this. No, not at all. That
0: that that is actually a great turn because like in all honesty, it's something that was unexpected. You didn't you don't think how is Macho gonna come back and be a face from this other than like Sherry just beating the shit out of him because she lost a mail ticket? Like that is like he you don't necessarily buy a complete face turn unless you get Elizabeth there. So that's
1: him losing argument. him losing made him, it, it did more for him than it ever did. Ultimate warrior. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, so my fourth and
0: final turn is another one that will, will stick with me forever. And again, Happened at an age where I was young enough to not know kayfabe and not realize that this shit was fake in the slightest. I was like, fucking taken back. Like, why the fuck is this happening? Um, again, another interview segment that happened at the barber shop.
1: Yes, this is
0: my number five. Fucking HBK super kickin', sweet chin music on fucking Marty Janetti through the barbershop window I to me again that that was a golden age of tag team wrestling you you the the tag teams back then were fucking amazing you had like heart foundation yeah I, like it was just it was an incredible tag team division and the rockers were fucking good. And you you always kind of thought that there's a shot that they're really going to pull it together and be, like, great champions and everything else. And fucking HBK's turn, like, out of fuck... To me, out of nowhere, I was just like, wait, what the fuck is this? How does... What? No. Like, I hated HBK forever after that because he broke up the Rockers. So, like, when he's going out, like... They played it perfectly because he comes out as a heel and should have been a heel the whole time because every like every kid who was watching wrestling was destroyed. You're like, what the fuck? The Rockers were like our generation tag team like they were the young, hip, cooler fucking tag team. And you expected them to win everything. And fucking next thing you know, HBK is like, no, I got to go do this shit on my own. I'm out. Peace. Peace. I'm going to kick your ass through a window, to me, wrecked me. Again, almost as much as Andre wrecked me. But, like, you know, now that I'm older and I look back, I, to me it's still an incredible turn because you don't see it coming.
1: You just don't until yeah. it happens. So I agree. I agree. And that's where I'm at with my number four. Um, It would have been so easy to be like, oh, Hulk Hogan, you know, yeah. or like, even Triple H and HBK in the summer of '02. Yeah, but David, I I wonder if you may get this. I'm going to WrestleMania 20 because this is the one I did not see it coming, and I think this helped the women's revolution before the actual evolution. I remember Chris Jericho and Christian being so infatuated. With Lita and Trish Stratus. Yeah. Where Christian wanted to be paired up with oh, Lita. Oh, And Chris Jericho wanted to be paired up with Trish Stratus. And by all accounts, massive storyline because you saw Trish and Chris Jericho getting together. You saw it. There's friction between Christian and Chris Jericho where Christian's like, oh, you're going to let a woman get you down. The match happens. Fucking Trish interjects herself. Dude, she slaps Chris Jericho in the face. Yep. Low blows him. He gets pinned and what does she do? She makes out with Christian. Yep. I didn't see any of that coming. I was I was a senior in high school. I was I was blown away cuz I'm like I thought I could predict this shit. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming. So hey, like this list was a lot of fun, David, because any of these could have been number one for me.
0: Yeah. In all honesty, like you bring up Hogan and NWO that was close to making it on my list, but I'm like, God damn, that's such a telegraphed one that like,
1: yes, it's, it's a great turn. But, but did like, you see Trish, but did you see Trish
0: slapping Jericho? Yeah. Exactly. Like I didn't see Hogan turn in into the NWO, but to be honest, at that time,
1: all all well, signals pointed to yes.
0: Yeah, it kind of was like, all right, that's fine. Like it, eh, it, it kind of. The more you rewatch it, it's telegraphed. There's no telegraph in that Chris Jericho one. You're absolutely right. It's, I bet you forgot about that one, didn't you? I kind of did. Like the minute you started saying it, like when you're like Chris and, and Edge, you know, or Chris and Chris and Christian should be Jericho and Christian because I keep wanting yeah. to say fuck. I get Chris. it. I get it. Um, I get it. But the minute you brought in the women and said Trish, I'm like, oh fuck, that's right. Trish did a fucking turn on. On Jericho, like that. I forgot all about that, but that was and a you, that and is you know, fucking brilliant.
1: And you know what's crazy? That same card, we saw Molly Holly get her head shaved. That's right. You don't remember that. You remember, and like I like I've touted before. I'm all about the match stuff. This one is all the outside drama. I'm into like yeah, like God, they, like dude like I think they had like a battle of the sexes man versus women tag team match. And you yeah. like you, you honestly could have been like, I think the women might pull this off. Like it was like, it was, it was fun storytelling. And I did not, I did not see Trish doing the turn. Yeah. And another, like, I hope it, I hope I was saying thunder and with Trish in mind, Aiken to Lita, one that almost made it was a realistic storyline of uh, Edge and Edge and Matt Hardy. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Mm.
1: That Edge was ha- true. Edge real has, life.
0: Yeah, that, that was fucking crazy because that that all shit got out of control. Uh, and that's. That's one of the unfortunate parts about wrestling is sometimes when like the real life shit bleeds over into the storytelling and then it gets kind of taken a little too far. You're just like, yeah, okay, guys, let's like let's not maybe do this. Like, let's have a little respect for shit that's going on. But
1: yeah, but WWE didn't help that because that was the era where we had bite this. Yeah, they actually had they they actually allowed them with Kevin Kelly to like air. Like, I'll never forget Stone Cold coming on the week before he quit. And he's like, this whole business is bullshit. You're like, oh, he's just kidding. Like, yeah, he's in character. And it's like, oh, God, dude, he didn't show up. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. He beat his wife. What the fuck? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think uh, next episode, because uh, so just as a little forewarning for those, we this is definitely not going to be a weekly thing. It'll be every other week at best. Maybe sometimes once a month kind of depends on what's going on in the world of wrestling and our schedules, because we are both busy parents and have a ton of shit to do, work a lot. So we... We'll record often as we can. Uh, we would like to do it once a month, but we can't always promise everything. We will um, be more than happy to eventually have guests on to discuss their Mount Rushmore's and, and pay-per-views at the time that are going on and any of the news that's going on. I think for our next one, our yes. next
1: recording, I don't I, mean wanted to inter- d- I don't mean to interrupt you, but... I found a very cool hosting site that allows me to put polls into the episode. Oh, nice. So I would very like to kind of, like if it's okay with you, I, I mean okay, but you were about to do yeah. it, to kind of give a heads up as to what the next topic of Mount Rushmore would be because I can put that poll yeah. into the episode. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I would like to do – Because I know leading up now with what happened after this, I want to know your Mount Rushmore of promos because the promos that are going to follow this are going to be fucking out of control. You got to think of everything that happened in this rumble you got to think of the storyline that's going to continue with Becky and Damage Control the 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 fucking bloodline storyline like those promos are going to be fucking crazy the the tag team divisions are going to be fucking nuts right now like it's going to be just a promo central of craziness up until elimination chamber and leading into wrestlemania obviously so i want to know You can't see me. mouth brush. That is not a promo. That is just a fucking gimmick. And it's saying you have got to go with the promo that would have led up to you can't see me.
1: Well, no, 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 no. I mean, you can't. Like, you obviously can't see me right now because we don't have cameras on. But I have my hand up because I'm a teacher. I have a question. For
0: fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Absolutely.
0: Paul, you have a question. How can I help you, sir?
1: I have a question. Are we talking about like? Are we talking about Mount Rushmore of the superstars that did the best promo? Or are we no, no. talking about a specific your promo? Best
0: promo, like okay. it, the, the because that will be a whole another a, a whole another episode of the people that gave the best promos. But I want to know your favorite Mount Rushmore promos of all time, the ones that. You will still play in your head randomly when for whatever fucking reason, for no reason whatsoever, it just pops in your head and you're just like you can recite every word and fucking do the mannerisms and know how shit went down and what it leads up to. And you're just like, oh, my God, that one will lead live on with me forever, no matter what.
1: So I guess this is just the tip, but I have to put some options in. In order to put it right in. Okay. So if you don't mind. I'm going to give. I still like. It's so hard to think about. But when that jumps to the top of my head. I'm going to give one. I can't guarantee if it's going to be on Mount Rushmore. Okay. But I'm going to put one out. Because I'm going to put it in the pole. Cream of the crop. Okay. I The one that I would put in. The poll
0: that I know is not going to be on my Mount Rushmore, which might shock some people, even though I think it's a fucking fantastic promo, and I I love it, I still don't think it's my Mount Rushmore, is CM Punk's Pipe Bomb.
1: Man, the CM Punk Pipe Bomb almost made my turn. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good call for a
0: turn. Because he really did come, like, he really was a heel for the long, longest time. And that pipe bomb promo really did kind of turn him around into being a
1: face. And like, I was excited because it was another guy I rode in a van with, Colt Cabana.
0: Yeah, which, that's a whole fucking craziness storyline right now anyways. And, and I, guess real I, life.
1: Have, I guess I have to, I guess I need to do, David, maybe one time we could do an episode where I give some some stories of these oh, actual absolutely. people.
0: Like, uh, Absolutely. You oh, can throw and, those in any time, sir.
1: And David, you know, you're gonna know this name. Do you know who do you know who trained me to do a suplex? Who? The king of old school. King of old school. Steve Carino. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. He told us uh, okay, I'm gonna save it. He told us the infamous ECW pro oh uh, you know what I'm gonna shut the fuck up because I just okay. I just got something that got it. I, ju- I think I just got my number one. <laughs> I <laughs> nice. think I just got my number one. Yeah.
0: I, I love how the promos like the minute something someone says something, you're like, oh, shit. So, yeah, absolutely. And please fucking throw – like we'll get a Facebook site going and all that shit and fucking throw us your favorites. If you want to be on, contact us. Fucking hit up me, Paul, or the, the Facebook site. We're, we're fucking – Love to talk wrestling. I this, this is a blast, somebody, dude, man. Dude, I don't I don't talk wrestling enough. I like I love doing vintage geeks and I love talking geeky shit, but like I have no one to talk wrestling with where I can just shoot the shit with somebody. Like I could talk, like Dunk could kinda relate with me, but I watch AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage, and I watch Raw, SmackDown, and sometimes NXT. Um, I like. I fucking watch cultaholic and what what culture to like catch up on news and
1: what culture get, is where I go to for my wrestling news. Yeah, me too. It's funny you say that. Yeah. I, I fucking
0: love what what culture. That shit is like Simon Miller's Up and Downs. I almost I die the Up and Downs are the best, man. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking love it. So To have someone else to kind of bounce this shit off that I that I talk about or want to talk about is just fucking fantastic, especially about a subject I really do love because my wife can't stand wrestling. Like I, I will have wrestling on while I'm working all the time. And she's just like, what the fuck? How can you watch this all the time? I'm like, I fucking love it. Like, and and. To be honest, I don't even necessarily need the action all the time. Like I can sit here and like listen to what they're doing and and go off of the feel and and the emotion of the match and hear the promos and I'm fucking so super happy. Like it, to me, it's storytelling, straight up storytelling. So.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, my wife couldn't stand it either so she just left um. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay my wife I,
0: I'm i forced to deal with like shit shows that my wife watches sometimes like the equalizer
1: so and I, like the good fight whatever you're talking the, about on the last episode the, the good
0: sheets. fight it was surprisingly good I, I'm i not even gonna lie that shit was I, I was entertained more than anything but my wife she was actually gonna start that show without me because she's like he's not gonna watch this and I got done playing a game or doing whatever, and I walked out there just as she was starting the first episode. I'm like, fuck it. Why not? And, and I got sucked in. We just fucking binged that whole fucking series. It was funny as shit. So yeah. there's, there's occasionally my wife hits them out of the park when she's like, oh, shit, we we should watch this. But then you get, like, fucking The Equalizer with fucking I mean, Latifah. Latifah.
1: Yeah. Eh. Yeah, I that, mean, that. my my ex-wife hit out of the park once with Downton Abbey. But with that said, if you guys, like, honest to God, um, David does a great job thinking of these things. But if you guys have a Mount Rushmore, you want to pitch an idea too. Oh, absolutely. Okay, like, Because right now, like, my mind's spinning. I'm thinking of, like, managers. Oh, my God. I can't wait to do managers. Like, we're almost going to need, like, separate
0: – categories for managers
1: because like, val- okay we're gonna need valets we're need valets managers, managers and uh, like yeah
0: because um, oh yeah th- th- this is gonna be so much fun because like really it, like I, I always hear that like everybody's always like what's your mount rushmore of wrestlers that's generic as fuck almost yeah. everybody's gonna have like the the people that inspired them to watch wrestling and like the greatest of all times, like,
1: Oh, this is a fun idea. Yeah. A fun idea. It's, it's, it's categories. Cause like, I'm even thinking David, like best pound for pound wrestler. Oh yeah. Like,
0: absolutely.
1: Maybe they're not the rock, but maybe they were kind of like a Billy gun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or, or like someone who didn't get recognition, like,
0: cause you think about like when nitro was at its peak, when when the Monday Night Wars were going on, it wasn't the main events that were ever holding.
1: It was the weights. It was the
0: it was... cruiserweights. It was uh, like honestly, that that pound for pound, you could put Eddie Guerrero in one of those spots almost oh, every time because there's there's no one who worked harder or better or made other people look as good as they did, no matter their size. He he could fight in every. Size and and weight category and put
1: everybody over. So, yeah, th- this will be fun. As yeah, a, another a, one that just popped into my head was uh, Mount Rushmore Money in the Bank winners.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's it's cool. endless. So we will definitely we we'll, we will be back. Um, oh, like I said, we would like to do it every couple of weeks, but time doesn't always. Time is not always on our side, as the Rolling Stones once said, famously. Ah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, <clears throat> so until next time, please enjoy and stay down for that ten count,
1: sir. There you go. Don't please, as Sami Zayn pleaded with Kevin Owens. Fucking brilliant. Please man. stay down, but get up long enough to subscribe, right? And leave a review. You might get speared through a fucking barricade, but hey. (laughs) It's worth it. (laughs) It's worth it. All right. We'll catch you. We'll catch you on the entrance ramp, I guess. I just made up a dumb catchphrase, right? Better than anything I
0: got right now.
1: There we go. There we go. All right. Bye-bye. Later.